Today is Thursday, August 10th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Today we get real weird. Okay, this is going to be about the most, like, I don't know. I seem like a crazy person, but the thing I'm supposedly a crazy person for is calling people to watch real live videos where people have real live interviews and are saying real live things that I'm telling them they're saying, but I'm strange for that, or I'm a conspiracy theorist for that. So I I don't know, man. It's just weird. So I feel like a crazy person, but then I'm like, well, wait, they're actual videos. These people don't know what I'm talking about. Apparently they've, they've heard nothing under this. They live under a rock. So I cannot be the crazy one. And there's video evidence to, to back up that claim. Anyway, so it's like upside down world. You'll hear. Anyway, so, um, and for the record, if you're, if you're like Googling, I tell people to Google it. That's like a colloquialism. If you're using Google, you're probably not going to find this stuff. All you're going to find is like, wrong, wrong. That never happened. That never happened. But if you use something like, I don't know, maybe DuckDuckGo or uh, what's the Swiss or Swedish search engine. Anyways, if you use like, like a search engine, like it totally brings up the videos of everyone I'm talking about. Anyways, so don't take it from me. Have I set this up enough? Are you guys like freaked out yet? We do talk about Jesus some. There is some Jesus talk in there. But, um, yeah, w- mostly it's like conspiracy theory, like, you know, killing the planet, all that type stuff. But the point is, just look at what people actually say in interviews, in videos, on camera, and then make up your own decision. It seems like the naivety of some of the people who are also atheist, coincidentally, um, is that they just have the, the benefit of the doubt, like, to the nth degree for these people. So while some may be a little too on the other side, and like, they're evil, they're possessed by Satan. I don't know, maybe. Um, I mean, you know, Satan's only one guy, though, so I mean, he couldn't possess everyone, but to say demons or something like that, to bring some spirituality into it, um, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> that's enough of that. My whole case that we make in like an hour is just find the videos of the people mentioned and listen to what they say in their very own words and make your decision. Um, and if it helps, the side that is opposed to that are atheists. <laughs> Not all atheists, but you'll see. Okay, besides that, way before we get to that, we talk, oh yeah, this this is boring for me. Uh, we just have like vapid conversations about movies and like cinema and 1950s and the 60s and 90s TV shows and some millennial guy that was born before all this. And uh, anyway, so if movie and cinema is your thing, great. Watch the first 20 minutes. Um, if not, skip it. Then we talk about uh, cultural, the cultural divide, how we're getting away from from the power structures of Hollywood and, like, the Colbert Report and, you know, how, what is a real Catholic and, you know, cultural Catholics and are Catholics Christians and stuff like that. Then we have an actual Bible conversation, and we talk about Lot's rapey daughters. And this guy's like, well, why are all these stories in the Bible, and why are they so confusing, and, you know, why are, why are they there? And um, the answer is very simple. It's a pretty short conversation because it's it's very easy to answer, but I'm going to make you wait for it. And, uh, yeah, then then we just talk about um, all the stuff I already said we talk about. That's at the end. So that's like the end from the beginning. Anyway, so, you know, lately th- there has been a lot more political shift. I mean, I'm, I'm partly to blame for that. Um, but also, I mean, you know, we like we talked about politics and religion are like kind of merging and they're becoming harder and harder to separate because they're just so interlaced in our daily lives. Like, 
one man's politics is another man's religion, and then another man, I guess, has both. Uh, because these practices are, are really things the Bible is speaking about more and more. Like, 50 years ago, how you could not be a religious person, yet you still had a morality that lined up very much with the Bible. Um, and, and even other religions. Like, that sense of morality was kind of similar. Maybe not in everything, but, you know, lying, cheating, murder... Um, especially sexuality, that's the big thing. Like, you know, 50 years ago, the LGBT had a lot less letters on it uh, than it does now, and like 80 years ago, 100 years ago, it was less and less. I mean, you know, maybe someone could make a case for like ancient Rome or Greek, <laughs> but generally, especially in the Western world, um, even if you're not really a religious person, your sense of uh, ethics, morality, lined up a lot more with the Bible than it does today. So I think that's a big reason why is... As people, secular people, get more and more disassociated from the Bible and the morality of the Bible, um, you're just going to see that cultural battle, that push back and forth, that tension, and it's just going to make the Bible more and more relevant as a counterpoint to what society says is the new normal, is the new natural. Um, anyway, so perhaps that's why, but goodness, I, I want to keep this thing about Christ ultimately, because that is what matters. Um, it doesn't matter if we live, a, you know, a thousand years, a billion years longer here on earth, um, or if the end is tomorrow, people still need Jesus. Uh, because even if, if, you know, until the new heaven and new earth is, is thousands of years or however many years down the road, um, we're individually not going to live that long. So, you know, people are born and people die every single day. Um, I wonder how many people expired since I've, I've been talking for almost six minutes. Anyway, so people need God and people need Jesus. And people don't necessarily need a theology uh, degree first. Um, so talking about deep, deep philosophical and theological topics in the Bible is good. But ultimately, if you don't start with Jesus and if you don't have a handle on that, then our time here is wasted. Because like answering a question about the daughters of Lot, that's not going to save you. That will give you some clarity and that may uh, make you a little less um, um, militant towards the Bible or explaining some of the things that you have a problem with. If you see God as, as bad for, like, you know, destroying whole cities and stuff like that, if that's explained from the Christian perspective, maybe that'll make you a little less hostile, and down the road that will make you more sympathetic to Jesus, and you'll end up uh, coming to the light or coming to Christ that way. But ultimately, uh, that's step one. So without step one, nothing else really matters. Um, so Jesus, repent, believe the gospel, Pray to him, ask him to save you, forgive you, give you eternal life, make you born again, and lots of your questions will go away uh, right then. Things will start lining up, clicking together, making sense. So anyways, maybe I'm preaching the choir, maybe I'm not. You can find links to do stuff in the podcast description if you want, and I am headed to the pool. <laughs> Later, everyone. Oh, what you up? just missed, uh, was it Prophetess something was just in here? Ooh, we need to invite all the prophetesses and then see how many of them can tell the future about each other. It is a weird thing. I try to be charitable to a point, but um, I don't know. Like, give people the benefit of the, I mean, not about that. That's just all crazy. Like, prophetess, lioness, beekeeperess. Beekeepers. Like, like, like <laughs> you should write for the Babylon Bee, dude. You're really funny. Beekeepers. Well, thank you. 
was fantastic. Morning, Sean. Good morning, cessation. Good morning, Nick. Chris, what's going on, brothers? Huh, so you got thrown out of a Hebrew Israelite room? I got, you got thrown out of the Hebrew Israelite room. Why am I not surprised? Yeah. Well, like there was this dude in there named Kenny, and his profile is all about how he's a scholar. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, what what do you what do you study? And he's like, I study the Bible. And I'm like, cool. Uh, what's the last three books that you read? Well, I, I, I mean, I don't read books. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> like me. <laughs> I was like, all right, bro, like. You're clearly a really good scholar, even though you don't do anything that scholars actually do. He's like, yeah, you're supposed to be the biggest scholar. I'm like, I've never claimed to be a scholar, like ever. So cool. Cool story, bro. Somebody raised his hand. Are they on Josh the Bowen, he's a scholar. Like, you know, he's got the PhD. He reads books. He writes books. He does research. The dude, like, has a job where he gets paid to read and write. That is the definition of a scholar. Everybody else can go pound sand. What's up, Haiti? Sully, Bobby, good morning. Hey, Haiti. Are you ready for us to unleash some more Lizzo jokes today? Or no? Here's a question. The question for the yes. day. Did Jesus want a church? Did he want a church? I yes. mean, he's got one. Oh, yeah. I'm looking but at Matthew Did he want 60. it? <laughs> I mean, I've got kids, but some days I'm like, do I want them? Of course I do. Children, daddy loves you very much, but... Parents know what I Today mean. is the glorious first day of school, which should actually be a national holiday. Hallelujah. <laughs> this is the parents' Absolutely. day of celebration when the children go back to school. This is like a high holy feast or something. <laughs> like, this is a feast You have day. five days of peace. Mm-hmm. Rab Scuttle, did you get your children off to school today? Was it school where you live? Yes, one of them, yes. The other one has three more weeks before he's back at college. Oh, oh, that's right. You have grown kids, man. You're like, you're old like me. I'm an old guy, yeah. Yeah. Are you, I'm he's 50. Are you 50 yet? I'm 51. Yeah. Oh, I'll be 51 in like three weeks. Oh. Two weeks. Two weeks. Now. Oh. Well, when you get to my age, you'll understand. So how you been? Haven't seen you in a while, Rab. Oh, I've been bouncing around. I didn't want to like bug you guys with we've got answer stuff. So I've been in an ornery mood. So one that's oh. not very Christian. So, you know, didn't want to. Really What's got you much. all out of sorts? Oh, primarily just work and stress. But you know, no, that's about it. And I will also say, like, I have come, like. I have come with an answer of why John Lee. Ooh, ooh, this is a question for the ages. I, I'm, I wish in, just like yes. in the beginning, John or something like in, that. <laughs> no, beginning so, John Lee. 
So for the last couple of weeks, I've been asking, why are we so enamored with crazy man says crazy things on the internet? <laughs> like, why, why? why? Yeah, it's we... like there's not a shortage of them. No, there's no shortage of them. And it's not like he represents, like if this were the Pope, that the Pope comes on and we all like we're able to just have a one-on-one -on -one with the Pope for a while. That would be fascinating. It's not, he doesn't run a church. He doesn't run any organization. He's just crazy man says crazy things on the internet. And so I've been struggling with that, but I have come to my conclusion is it's basically a social bonding agent. We, he's here reliably and we can all talk about him, have a similar common experience and bond together as a community over our complete distaste of this individual that's always around. So he's like the court jester. So yeah. like Haiti, yeah. Haiti is the queen of the atheists. <laughs> yeah, Haiti's yeah. the queen of the atheists, and she rules over her kingdom with, you know, sometimes yeah. anger and sometimes mirth. And, you know, John Lee is the court jester. Well, so I, I wouldn't want to think of him as a court jester, because a court jester serves the purpose of being the only one who can speak truth to the king. Right. So, um, yeah, it was understood as like I, the I, second highest position in the kingdom, right? Like the jester. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd kind of go with like, um, kind of like the snidely whiplash or the, you know, Gargamel of just kind of like the common enemy. Ooh. Like wait a minute. Wait a minute. Common enemy. Can we do like a whole Smurfs thing where like Haiti, oh, was, created, Haiti, yes. created, Haiti was created in a lab by John Lee? And, by John There you go. Yeah. Oh, Chris. And she's Chris, like the only like, girl atheist. Wait, were Smurfs created in a lab? It is. Oh my God, Chris! I was just about to say you have totally shown your you and my age that we both knew that only Smurfette was created by Gargamel. All the other Smurfs were boys. They come from flowers, and Smurfette was the first female created by Gargamel, who caused dissent among the Smurfs. Yes. Yeah, I mean it's an Adam and Eve story, and Eve caused all the problems. <laughs> It, yes. This he, is why the patriarchy is awesome. The Smurf is just a Christian allegory? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, and you're Smurfette. Oh, man. <laughs> I was upset. <laughs> you know, I was upset when I found out the line, the witch in the wardrobe was Christian allegory. I didn't know. Because um, I was uh, I was talking to someone. I'm like, oh, my God, I love that book. And they're like, it's just Christian propaganda, you know. I'm like, what? I mean, you were like 12 when you found out. That, yeah, right? I was pretty young, but I didn't know. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I was hoping it wasn't like last no, week. But, Does that mean you can't well, enjoy I mean, it now? Uh, no, I don't think it means that. It's more, it's not, I'm not that serious about it. It was just like, I did, I just didn't know. Like, because I didn't know who well, C.S. Lewis was, like, this big Christian type or whatever. Last year, my, I mean, teacher, not, my like, teacher read that book to um, my kid's second grade class. At a yeah. public school, and I thought, "Wow, how did they get away with that?" And I just thought, "Man, well, uh, that wouldn't happen in California." No, no, no. I'll tell you how. Because you have the Christian allegory lion, right? Christ-like allegory. The Christ yeah. allegory lion is there, but Santa Claus appears and delivers weapons to children. So, which is like, kind of far, my favorite part. Yeah, as far as as far as like uh, Christian allegories go, it's kind of a weird one when you're like mix and matching. Uh, what's happening at any given time. So, I think the other part is like, there are lots of stories about sacrifice and things like that. And even like resurrection. It's not, you know what I mean? It wasn't, I don't know. I just didn't connect it for some reason. But anyway, yeah, it's about it's as pretty good. Book. It's about as much 
of a Christ like you know storyline as Tom Cruise's uh like Top Gun Maverick recently was. It's another Christian allegory. Like literally, it has every single beat of Wait, the gospel. No, I was saying Maverick was a Christian allegory. Yeah, you're ruining all of pop culture for Haiti right this now. Is correct. Lost. Terrible. So look, yeah. So Why, look, Maverick's a Christian. Allegory. Maverick. Yes. He do okay. Look, what did uh, Maverick do? He showed he was the only one that could do the path perfectly, mm-hmm. right? I am the only one that can do it. Everyone else, I'm going to give you this okay. impossible challenge that only I can do flawlessly. He shows them the path that they should follow. They follow him into this horrible place. He sacrifices himself well, to save so, his friend. He goes down like into the. St- well, it's kind of like his son, isn't it? It's kind of like a like a son figure for him. Well, do you exactly. think you're maybe reading Christian allegory into that, and it was just a happy he coincidence? Goes, and he goes down into the land of the dead. He arises two I mean, days later. Movie to Christians. Yeah, he arises two days later to come back as a hero, the savior of the group. Okay. Because they didn't have to have the war anymore. So he's like, it's a hundred percent just like beat for beat, everything along the way. Like, who is he fighting against the primary group? The people in charge, right? He's against oh. the Pharisees that are the generals and admirals that are saying, mm-hmm. don't do this. Yeah, I think that's just a happy coincidence. Um, and maybe uh, see how much Christian culture has influenced all your lives. <laughs> What's up, Zed? How are you this well, morning? The sacrifice is just like an archetype now, isn't it? Or maybe it always was. It probably was before Jesus, which is why they, you know, told that story. You know what I mean? Well, Hades Hades. pushing buttons this morning. Oh, there we go. Oh, here I go. Well, I'm salty because Nate mod abused me last time I was here. I did what? You mod abused me, sir. Oh, are you only saying that? Hold on, I'm trying to be quiet, but I'm also trying to feed my dog. Are you only saying that because I'm a dude? Steph did the same thing. She was actually the one that made you leave the last. I, I was quiet, and she kept talking. Steph. And then you're like, I can't say anything. And then you left yeah, because Steph, Steph, you not both me. cut me off, <laughs> and you sent me down to the audience. So who's the worst mod abuser? Well, I don't know. I guess me. I'll, I'll wear that badge. Right. But I, I was very, very passionate about what I was saying, and I was, I was honestly just like dumbfounded uh-huh. that that was that that was the point of contention. Uh-huh. It was. All right. So, well, let's move on. I forgive you because I'm Christ-like. <laughs> Noted. Uh, what's up, Zed? How are you this morning? Doing well. How are you? Good, good. Anything on your mind? Um, nope, not just now. Oh, there's also people I, I skipped. Uh, Vince, what's up, Vince? Sorry, I didn't see you there. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump back in here in a little bit. Sorry about that. Hey, Bobby, what's up? Hey, how's it going? All right. Yes, that's it. Oh, well, non non religious question. Are any of you going to see either Oppenheimer or Barbie? I saw Oppenheimer. I, it was really good. I, I, I just, just am not the. I am just not the right uh, target market to see Barbie. There is what nothing about, about me that. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I I heard some people say it was a good movie, and some people say it was eh. Well, I heard I, it was eh. I'll probably Oppenheimer... watch it when it comes to. I'll probably watch it when it comes to stream. It, it's more that Oppenheimer's story is interesting and it's fun to go through it. Nolan didn't do much with. The mm-hmm. I heard Oppenheimer. I heard no. Oppenheimer bombed in Japan. Didn't do well there. <laughs> <laughs> too too Listen, soon. I'm just I'm just waiting for my matching pick 
for my matching pink outfits with my fiance to come in so I can go watch Barbie and then go watch Oppenheimer right after. Oh, yeah. pulling the Barbenheimer. I'm yeah, doing Barbenheimer with her, yep. Yeah. Honestly, I can't tell if you're joking. I am not joking. <laughs> the twist the twist is that Bubby's the one gonna be wearing That's the dress. right. Oh, I love modern kids. Wait. But I go Femboy uh, I mean, Friday, boys. Heimer, isn't that kind of like, um, not, not uh, I mean, isn't that like, um, are people saying it's good for what it is? But like, you know, what, wasn't that like he wasn't the real, like, uh, you know, creative force behind it. It was other people, but he was like the front man or something. Or, listen, I don't know. Uh, not really listen, the movie, no, for, for the movie is name. based around the biggest explosion on Earth. And you associate something other than Christopher Nolan movies with explosions? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. What about um the guy that does all of the planetary, Armageddon and all those things? What's the guy that has the world explode in 2012? Roland Emmerich? Yeah. Yeah. The Mayans? Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich. Yeah, blows up everything. Rams, did you see it? Oh, no, no, no. Michael Bay was the guy I was thinking of. No, Michael Bay. Yeah, him too. He's great. That's who I'm thinking of too. You're totally right. Roland Emmerich is his composer. Michael Bay is the producer. You're totally right. No, Roland Emmerich did Independence Day. This is what happens at the end of a long week. All of my movie references are old. <laughs> I didn't see this. I didn't see Oppenheimer because I saw Fat Man, a little boy, in like '89, and so all I understand is that Oppenheimer is just the Nolan of all Nolan movies that just does that story. So. Listen, you, you know, you know what I, you know what I want to do, and ironically, so my fiance wants to do Barbenheimer, but for yeah. me, I want to do something a bit more like edgy. I want to watch Pearl Harbor and then go watch Arpenheimer so I can watch him mad at the Japanese. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Like the movie gets like 10 times better. Like I walk in already like mad at the Japanese for like the Pearl Harbor movie. So then I come in and just wait to watch Oppenheimer and be like, yes, hit the red button. Hit it now. So, so I'm not going to well, go because they don't have the demon core mm-hmm. in Oppenheimer, right? They left out the demon core. So that's my favorite character in the, uh, the story and it's gone. And I'm not going to go see it. You don't want to, they didn't have John Cusack yeah. getting radiation. There you go. Die. That's exactly, they didn't have that guy doing that thing. Like, even if they, like, got a new makeup. Yeah. Oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah. This is, this is where, like, the, the 50-year-olds run wild about movie references. <laughs> yeah. No yes. Yes. Yeah, all you people born in the late 1900s. All our 90s references crazy. going right over Bubby's head. I love I oh, okay no 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 that's the one line I'm not gonna let slide. I'm tired of all you damn '90s people <laughs> trying to tell the 2000s kids that we have a different upbringing. We grew up on the same exact false. garbage. We just got the reruns no, of your stuff. No no no, 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 no. But we were, wait, wait, wait. dude. It was a different world. You wouldn't understand, it, kid. No, 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 no. You don't understand. We were growing up on the reruns of the previous generation. That's right? true. We were watching like Happy Days. We were watching Happy Days, Brady Bunch. Um, mash. Um, yeah, oh, all Caucasian stuff. Cool, whatever. I, but, uh, I can find that anywhere on like. Oh, I love Lucy. What about Sanford? I tell you, you can't watch I Love Lucy online. Who wants to watch I Love Lucy? <laughs> oh, I love you Lucy. are Lucy. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are definitely Lucy and not Ricky. The Caucasity. Yeah. The ca- <laughs> What? I love Lucy was the first first interracial marriage kind of thing, right? The Caucasity. Uh, what was moving on up? <laughs> you were hung up about that, right? 
Should I apologize for all yeah. for all early and mid nineteen hundreds like yes. cinema? Like on behalf of like on behalf of just like all white people, yes. I'm sorry. Yes, please, people thank you. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Nobody speak. I want to hear Nate say that clearly with no interruption. Please. I'm sorry. The cast of I Love Lucy and all the ninety shows that touched you in the wrong place like didn't import like Aboriginal Argentinians. Like I'm sorry for them. Wait, wait, wait. I love I love Lucy. Oh my God, that's a great clip. Thank you. True, the guy was Cuban. Yeah, that was the whole point. Have you even seen any John Hughes movies? I mean, who? I rest my case. I was born in O two. I don't know any of these late nineteen hundreds people. How can any of you be born in O two? That's ridiculous. John Hughes is nineteen ninety. Yeah, that's that, 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 and, and and I am past the millennium, sir. Let me let me let me help you out. Let me help you out. Happy Days actually did have black characters on it. That if you remember, uh, who the drummer. For the band on Happy Days was a black man. They called him Sticks. I don't remember the band. Yeah, and you also had the owner of the uh, the bar or the like a little hangout place was Japanese. Um, speaking of bars, my eldest son said about this place: "It's just like Cheers. That's why you like it. It's like a bar yes. where everyone knows your name." I'm like, "Yeah, that's actually pretty good." Yes. Uh, Bubby Cheers was a sitcom. Um, in the eighties, starring Ted Danson. <laughs> How many of those people are dead already? Sitcom stands for You're situational comedy. Style. <laughs> I was so about to kiss you out. Format. <laughs> it was a format of the time. No, Woody Harrelson was in Cheers, so that was like where he got his big debut. Yeah, so he's kind of a big pop actor now. So there you go. That's, Same with Ted Danson. That's yeah. a pretty good. Uh, Pretty good description of clubhouses. I it? like looking at old media, like seventies and eighties media, and just being like, "How many oh. of these people are dead already?" Oh my god, it's gonna be interesting. Really horrible. So, by the way, speaking about old movies and stuff, if you are a Law and Order fan, and okay, only I'm if, listening. The do you mean the show okay, or like the, yes concept? No, no, the show. Okay, the show. Mm -hmm. So if you're a show, if you're a fan of that show, you can see the genesis of that in probably one of the greatest black and white movies. From like, if you go to one old movie you want to watch, the movie name is M. It's German. It's black and white, and it is a Law and Order procedural. It is Based. awesome. The whole thing is so 100%. much better. It is a great movie. Yeah. If you want, if you want, if you want another good, if you want another good law one, there's one called. Uh, it's like free with ads on YouTube. I'm pretty sure I watched it there. It's called Twelve Angry Men, but it's like the nineties. It's like the nineties adaptation oh my God, of it. It's really famous. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's awesome. Yeah. It's I loved very it. Good. You got okay. I, so. I watched I watched the original like fifties adaptation, uh, the fifties original, and then I watched the nineties adaptation of it. Both of them were pretty cool, but I like the Hotep guy in the nineties a little you bit better. You know, fifties one is going to be better than the nineties one. Yeah, but I like the Hotep guy rather than just a straight up racism because the because I, I don't know why, <laughs> but like the Hotep dude just made it feel a bit funnier. Are you talking about Bruce? Campbell? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So Caleb, how's your day going? Anything about uh, I don't know Jesus or anything uh, like that? I'm trying to change the subject. Of movies. Yes, I'm, I'm getting dying. older, but no. No. I'm feeling uh, like I was born in the. I, like I was born, born in '99, so I, yeah. I have. Yo, like, some my kind of... fellow partner in crime, Caleb. Oh yeah. Zoomers, honestly. Oh my God! Wow. No, no, no! You're Born way too old to be saying Zoomers. You're a boomer. You can't say that. I'm Zed, were you saying? Were you saying something of substance, Zed? 
In fairness, I though, I have VCRs of like all my old Disney movies. So I mean, you know, the early two thousands were still. Oh, like you're a Disney movies, adult. So. Yeah, hey, we're in two different a, generations. Now. I'm not a Disney. I am not a Disney adult. I just said I had. As okay, a I'm just VCR. making sure. <laughs> I'm, I am not. No, I mean, yeah, no, I'm not. So one one more film for you guys. So Bubby, check this film out. It's called A Woman Under the Influence. That and sounds a, like a terrible film and a terrible time. No, that sounds that more like a uh, something you'd be convicted for than right. That sounds like a charge. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It is it is so fantastic and it is considered one of the greatest films of all time by film critics. So I would highly recommend A Woman Under the Influence. I so listen. Well, the only films that I care about that are highly rated by film critics are psychological horror and psychological thrillers. That's Those him. Are the only two movie types I watch. That's him. There you go. Oh, that's that's yeah, that's don't that's don't that's chase the experts' him. opinions on movies. You'll fall down several rabbit holes. I mean, that's yeah. how I found Hereditary, and I was pretty happy with Hereditary. Yeah, it, you want him? I'm telling you, that's that's the movie. Hereditary, you just got not wrong because of popular opinion. No, I, I no, I found it before it blew up on all the whole popular stuff. It was like I found. Oh, it, look, uh, it's a neo hipster. It was in. Yeah, I am. I am. I, I am a neo hipster. Like like, I did oh, find it before it got popular. Hell yeah! You found it like it. it I'm very proud of finding Hereditary it before like it got popular. Wasn't that obscure? It was in. The I'm just gonna start putting on like Catholic monk chants. <laughs> well, anyway, the 80s, Nate, what, what, what you was like? That song they played. The, like. Yeah. Oh, like something a, you know, <laughs> sort of related to the title of the room. I don't know. We're asking Christians about their movie. All right, can you give us answers as to what? Yeah, wait, wait. Christians can you give us an answer references. on this topic? Yeah, we're giving. Wait, you want movie references from Christians? Like, what's wrong with that? No, 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 not not even that. Actually, Nate, to stay on topic, can you give us an answer as to why Christians suck at making Christian movies and media? That's actually, a good question. Well, oh, I know the answer. Like you God's Not Dead one and two were absolutely atrocious and no, nobody no, no, no. ever four of them. them now. No, no, no. Okay. Let me Yo, let me give you Hercules my let me give you my awesome. leave Hercules alone. No, no, Passion no, of Christ is just one oh, giant see, second wait, commandment wait, violation. Wait, wait, wait. Let me wait, tell you so why. So you asked and answered your own question. I, no. I will give you the answer. The answer is once I will Did give an answer, which is once you say I'm making a Christian movie, you have a baked in audience. Because you have all the advertisement ah, free, you have all the people that feel compelled to see your message. You have the fact that it's not being advertised in any other channel because it sucks. They go, "Oh, look, it's the mainstream media putting it down." So you can do a very low budget for a very high return, and that's what you're trying to do. So right. you don't want to bother spending a lot of money because you know True how much prosperity money you're going to make. It doesn't. It doesn't have the natural anxious pressures of capitalism to push right. for excellence. No, 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 it has the opposite. Thanks. No, 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 it doesn't. No, no, in the sense of it actually has the pressures of capitalism to make it as cheap as possible. Right, right. Because the size of your income is capped. Right. So you actually right. have the opposite right there. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Yeah, this, is, yeah, this, is, yeah, this is so based. I love this. Christians suck like at making movies because Christians suck like as an audience. This morning. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's Christians suck at making movies because they're such a good, loyal audience. Yeah, that's what I'm See, they'll eat any garbage they put out there. That's the point. 
Oh, you know that's a, that's a good point. I see. I see what you mean now. Pride. Like, I yeah. don't know, Bubby. I would say be be the change you want to see, and instead of no, I will movies, never tarnish my name exactly. and my fame over dollars by making a go, Christian movie. Go to film school and make a quality. Oh, Christian get out of here! If I make a quality right. Christian movie, I will tarnish my own reputation and my family's legacy. I will not do that. I'm sorry. Yeah, and he'll no, never work gonna... in Hollywood. No one will work with him if he does. Do you think that it's no one? No, no, no one. No one's working. Well, have you noticed, like, however, how everything's... That is a good point. No one's working right now anyway. How, yeah, how everyone is... Oh, Chris. Oh, good. We're going to sort of get back on topic in a second. But, okay, how, like, no one wants to work in Hollywood anyways, not counting the writer's strike. Like, everything's becoming decentralized, and, like, you know, film studios are popping up everywhere, like, you know, Georgia, and everyone's, like, doing... Imagine private, dying, and people like, remember you as buddy, the guy who wrote God's Not Dead. And everyone's going... Everyone's, like, going to private funding, and, and all these things, like, you know, Angel Studios or whatever, like, they're, they're detached from Hollywood so that's becoming like you know people people are starting to kind of shift and see that as more like all the Hollywood major films are like flopping and like the right, low budget the movies are, are and the low budget movies are like soaring um because everyone's just like sick of it. everyone's over it so I, I think things no, are yeah, right. in, like we're but, in, like you know 10 years from now people will like try to not be associated with Hollywood like you no, know no, when, like, well, well yeah well, well that's all the streaming true. services first came out Buddy, take a breath and hold it until I say stop. Um, whenever all the streaming platforms first started to come out, and like Hollywood was like opposed to them, like you know, like Netflix and like all the other ones because they saw it as competition, and now they like you know got their clutches into it. But all the all the Hollywood actors didn't want to go to these streaming things because it was considered a step down. Now it's considered on par, and in most cases even better. And people want to be on these like Hulu and Amazon. They want to be on these streaming services. So I think right, in the ten market's years, shifting right now. Yeah. And in 10 years, there's going to be a complete shift. Which right, is, which is similar to what happened the last time we had a studio system when the whole thing crumbled and broke up with independence. It's probably similar to like creative destruction within like the entrepreneurial space that like you solidify and find an order that works. But as a result, your customers get bored and that makes it easier for new entrants to find interesting new fields and then a new crop of fresh ideas pop up. See, and that, may be, and that may be great and all, but then the big issue is that at the end of the day, those low budget movies that are doing amazing are actually doing good with the low budget that they have. Nobody in this room would want to be remembered when they died as the person who made the God is, God's Not Dead movie. Yes. Let's be yes, honest. Yes, I here. would. Nobody yes, I would. would want to be remembered We're, as that why person. Why are you going bro? to God's Come Not Dead? On. That was like 10 I don't years know. A lot ago, of people right? like fame. But well, to, Chris's, Chris, to Chris's point, uh, he posted an article yesterday and it was about the writer's strike. I think that's another thing, too. Like I think the, the port the, the writers shifting away, and people like people have always known. You know, people are like propped up yeah, by like you know, tons of writers and stuff like that. But like the specific article Chris shared was like with Colbert gone for like four months. Like apparently the vaccine dancing needles. You know, the ones that were like mocking and cool and hip whenever you know they were like dancing around, like making fun of all the you know weird dumb people that didn't want to get vaccine and like you know hate science and stuff. Um, now they're like all out of work, and I think people are seeing like you know if you're a talented writer you're getting your own show now, like, you know, in the world where everyone has a podcast, like, so, so people are following like the individual with low cost, low overhead. So instead of having to like work and be like, you know, third or fourth string as a writer for somebody who's really getting all the like credit and like, you know, multi-million dollar salaries, the people are like, well, I'm talented. I'm a talented writer. I'll just do my own show. And I already have like natural charisma and ability. So I don't need a team of writers. I could do this on a lower overhead and get known for it and make a living this way. So I think people are starting to like kind of carve out that so they don't have to work for the man. They can, you know, kind of like be their own version of a man. 
And with a lot less income, they can make it work because there's a lot less people that have to prop up someone like Colbert, who I would no. be curious Nate, Nate, how much natural Nate. talent he has without a team of writers. No, I'm that's so just that, 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 that's wrong. Of because of the same... Isn't Colbert like the Christian like head guy, like he's one of the oh, most God, popular. No. <laughs> oh, absolutely I'm just saying, not. He's one of the most popular, funniest, like very proud Christians around. What are you on? No, no. Okay, hang on. So, I, okay, so let me say this. Like, I, okay. I'm a Muslim. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys don't like. Why do you not well, consider Colbert Christian? Wait, this is why. Okay, so first of all, I, I haven't seen the guy in like years. Colbert's a Christian. The, the only, he loves the God. Only, the only modern reference. I have is the dancing vaccines before that like when he was on the, like like the daily show and the colbert report on comedy central like 15 20 years ago i watched him a lot um i mean that was i was like i watched that show well, he every debated day. Satire, right he, he debated an yeah, atheist right he but, actually had a problem with that so he, right, he was he, actually so, fighting back against atheists okay i'll finish um anyway so like i watched the colbert report all the time when it was like satirical and it was funny um, but they covered oh, yeah, you know, pop culture anyway but his thing he never said he was a christian i don't believe he always said I'm a Catholic. I'm a Catholic. And like when he debated the atheist, I don't remember who it was. I don't know if it was like Marr or B Bill Nye or I don't know. It was one of the TV atheist people. Um, and, you know, whenever he would talk about him, it was like one of those like almost tongue in cheek where he's like, I'm Catholic. But then someone would push on him like, you believe Jesus rose from the dead, zombie Jesus? And he'd be like, oh, you know, us good Catholics. Ah, ah, ah. And everyone would laugh. I'm like, dude, he is the weakest I see, I see. Catholic. So you, you question ever. his real like allegiance to the faith. Like I don't, I, I, I'm sure he's like. A he's also Catholic. Catholic. Like he was probably, he was probably raised Catholic, went to a Catholic school. Well, but I mean, like you don't think his, that his mind matches the Catholic doctrine? Nate, not in, Nate. Correct. In what? Uh, wait, Nate. In what world would he be punished for coming out as an atheist? Like, in what universe would people would he a lose audience or b lose supporters in Hollywood if he said, "Yeah, I'm not really a Catholic. I'm an atheist." No, so I don't none really because Bill Maher like, exists. I don't think like he wanted to discuss it, so he jokes no, away. No, none because Bill Maher exists. Bubby, you weren't alive. Um, and I'm still I, correct. I don't think uh, this was born. Well, well, no, you. No, I, I don't think him coming out with atheist or whatever. Right? I, I don't think that has anything to do with it, uh, Rab. I, 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 my, my armchair quarterback assessment. This guy I know nothing about is, you know, whenever he talks and whenever he would, you know, sort of very, very weakly take a Catholic position. Um, I believe. That he was probably raised in a Catholic school. His parents, at least one, or his family, are probably pretty devout Catholics. Um, and he he is in like culture and name just because that's familiar. That's his upbringing, right? So like you or, or maybe Rab, you or one of the other atheists that aren't super militant against Christianity. Maybe maybe you're like kind of kind of cozy to it or sympathetic to it because it's your culture, it's your family, you were raised around it, but you don't believe it. Like I think that's his relation to Catholicism. Well, but, he was in it, me. he's around it, he's cozy to it. But if you're like, what do you believe about these hard and fast Catholic doctrines? Do you think abortion is cool? I'm sure he'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a woman's choice. Let her do what she wants. I don't think he would take the hardcore Catholic positions on most things if pressed to it. So when asked about zombie Jesus, and he went, ha, 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 and laughed it off. If you ask me, I'll say, no, I don't believe that. I may have believed it at one time, but I certainly don't believe it now. I would just be very blunt with it. Is... He could have said that and been that. So I, I don't believe, I believe he's actually a, a devout Catholic. Brad, you got. Yeah, I think so too. I, I don't know why you're questioning his faith so much. He's not sympathetic to Christianity. He's the most strident new atheist you'll ever meet in your life. So that's what. Uh... Got it. My bad. Yeah, Colbert, at the same time, when you listen to half his stuff, it's just 
just bugged out and it's like kind of like lay it's either lay catholic slash i sat in a pew a couple times and now i'm calling myself catholic type of beat right and it's not it's not necessarily like if if you asked him are you catechized he'd probably ask you what the hell does catechize i don't think so dude i think he's a liberal catholic and he probably went to catholic school because he's from a big however i just want to yeah go ahead this is now now we can bring it to like the real serious business are you all saying you cannot be Catholic and Christian? You're going to get different answers yes. before you get those answers. Remember, my thing on the Colbert was going from like 15 to 20 years ago when when I was like watching a show. So I have no idea what he's done in in you know since he's been on like the late late show or you know network television. Um, it's only gotten worse, I'm sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So um, House on God's existence. I think he actually. I mean, he didn't do like well, but I. He actually was kind of like satirically pointed some stuff out that I thought was kind of funny. But yeah, Catholic, or Catholic, <laughs> Haiti. Whoops, <laughs> um, Haiti. Yeah, you're gonna get very different answers. Uh, you know, you're gonna get like Bubby, who's um, well, just like no, definitely not. But you know, I think the biblical answer, right? If you if you really hold to the teachings of Jesus, like the the big things, you must get right then you are saved. So uh, you can be someone who's like, yes, I'm totally Catholic and totally saved. If you are you know, truly cool with God as a Catholic, it is in spite of Catholicism, not because of it. That, that would be where I would go. So you know, if, you've got the, if you've got the fundamentals, good, congratulations. So if you're like, I go to a Catholic church, I stand and kneel, I don't really know why, I don't know anything about this. Um, um, I don't really pay attention. Cat of what? Sure. Great. You're saved. Death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, born again, eternal life. Um, but if you like really get some of the Catholic doctrine, like, you know, that would like conflict with, I believe the fundamentals, then you've got some issues. Yeah. Okay. I was waiting for Christians to be like, no, (laughs) no, no, I I agree with you, Nate. I mean, like, look, there there are, there are few Catholics that have, may have heard the gospel and have believed certainly not from the Catholic church. When I was a Catholic, I had never heard the gospel ever. True. Uh, yeah. So, so I would say that there can be few Catholics that might have heard the gospel and believe, and are just pig ignorant and have no idea what the Catholic Church teaches, so, and they're just going to the church that's in the center of their town. Well, I, this I think is an article totally about possible. this is an article about Colbert, Colbert from 2022, where he's talking. He says, "Ultimately, us all being mortal, the faith will win out in the end. But I certainly hope when I get to heaven, Jesus has his sense of humor." Well, Colbert, who also identifies as Catholic, went on to elaborate on the core principles of his faith and the spiritual dimension of human can have. He said that faith is connected to the idea of love and sacrifice being somehow related and giving yourself to other people and that death is not defeat. And so the, and that's so you might not totally agree. Yeah. Right. But what, what we would say is that that is not the gospel. Like, I mean, when, like, so Matt Walsh is another, and Michael Knowles are two conservative Catholics, so liberal. Walsh you know, is Catholic? Colbert would be on the liberal Catholic side. Matt Walsh would be. Makes yeah, sense why they're so dumb. Matt Walsh would be on the conservative Catholic side. But when Ben Shapiro was interviewing Matt Walsh, um, when he asked him what it means to be a Christian, Matt Walsh literally just said, it just means love, man. Like, if you love, you're going to heaven. <laughs> the Jews put his feet to the fire. 
Yeah, and and Matt Walsh literally just was like, yeah, if you love your family or you love people, you're going to heaven. I mean, by that standard, Adolf Hitler is going to heaven because he probably loved his dog or he probably loved, you know, Ava Braun. You know, it's just a, it's an insane standard. Ava Braun. And again, what we would say is that has no bearing to the historic, you know, Christian faith. Like... Most Catholics, I would say 95% of Catholics, if you asked them any questions about their faith, they would be wholly unable to answer. Look at Barthology. Barthology knows nothing about Christianity. He just wants to fight atheists all day. And I mean, to be fair, it's like the, uh, what was the report from, was it evangelicals or Protestants? Or what was the report where like all the teenagers were like dumb and they're like, it's about being a good person. I'm like, what? Uh, Chris, can you say the name of that person that Hitler loved again? Just, I just want to double check that. Hades, Hades getting a little uncomfortable. I think it was, was Ava. Was Ava, it Ava Braun? Who said Ava Peron? I didn't say Ava Peron. I said Ava. Oh, Braun. you know what? Ava oh, okay. Peron was the like Argentinian dictator's wife. Yeah, we heard Peron, and we were just Wait, like, I heard oh. Braun and thought Hades was making the kerfuffle because that's also well, her name. It's not actually my name. <laughs> well, you're tag title. Yeah, but um, anyway, no, I sorry, I heard Ava Peron, but I believe you that you didn't say that. It was just really funny at the time. <laughs> I heard Ron. I mean, it would be funny if it was Ava Peron. Would be... That would be a whole. That would be a whole mashup of a musical. Wouldn't it? Um, that make gonna... the Argentina theory make sense too. <laughs> oh yeah, Matt Walsh. <laughs> Matt Walsh is a pretty intense idiot Catholic. He's, oh, he's terrible, but he's he he's like against um, Vatican II. He's like he's like very hardcore. Base Tradcast. I'm surprised. Oh, no, not one of those. Yeah, he's, he's one, one of those set of Kansas, baby. Amen. One of the ones who hate the yeah Vatican II. Yeah. Like no, Protestants. They should still be doing mass on Latin and Protestants actually. Uh, let's see, Diognes, what's up? Yeah, I don't want to interrupt anything, but I do want to talk about uh, what the Bible has to say for Christians uh, and how, how much we ought to we ought to follow that. There's a problem right now in the church. Uh, you can watch YouTube videos of women who are talking about their testimony, their relationship with Christ, while they're putting on their makeup. And this seems to be at odds with the message that I received growing up about what Christ called us to do, how we're supposed to carry ourselves in public. Um, I guess I can, like, I can, I can see your point to some part, you know, talking about the, the Bible stuff about like, you know, being like all gaudy and vain and jewelry out the, out the wazoo and stuff. So I, I can see, I think where you're going with that. But on the other hand, I would say also, I would stop short of being like, absolutely none, not at all. And I would stop short of being like legalism to a fault. But I, I think I see where you're going and can like walk down that road. Barefoot and pregnant, baby. Wait, wait, Nate, may I ask a clarification question? Diogenes, would there be a problem if it was a man doing the same thing as he shaved (laughs) in the mirror? Like, so a man was shaving. Oh, I thought you were going to say putting a makeup. Yeah, no, 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 He's shaving, and he's discussing. Well, he's making himself look better for church. Is there a difference? Or what if he's working out? Like he, he's like. Yeah. Like, so there, like, there are absolutely differences. And in one case, you know, I don't think that there's anywhere in the Bible where it says you know grooming is inappropriate. And I'm not trying to play a game of legalese. I'm just highlighting that 
the message of the Bible is clearly that we are not to be ostentatious, that we are not to put on airs, that we are not to be vainglorious and prideful. And so uh, so wait, wait, Sunday best is not a thing. You shouldn't be wearing Sunday churches and stuff like that. Like you shouldn't be putting on suits. True. Do, 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 do I do I feel that way? Yeah, I, I absolutely do feel like we are of this world. We are too far in this world. When we have decided we're going to build mega churches and going to church on Sunday no, no, is going no, to be this question, huge thing where me. we're we're getting ready for several up? hours. We're putting on our suit. We're putting right, on our so perfume. Our, our wives are putting on all of their makeup and their best clothes. And, and if you've been to a church recently, have you been to a Protestant church and seen the way these women are dressing? Okay, so the issue, so your issue is Have you been a to a Catholic church and see how they kiss the feet of Mary? Have you been to an Orthodox church and see how they 360 the babies? Like, I, I, I don't know what else you want us to say. Like, I, do we you give, but like, if we're going Orthodox, y'all give children shaken baby syndrome. If we go to the Catholics, you guys worship pictures for a living. And if you go to a Protestant church, the worst that you can complain about is that they look ugly and then a couple of them are bugged out. At least we don't have gay bishops that are still ordained like the Catholic Church I, you know, does. I, I and really we don't have, have priests that are kissing I, the I Quran really have like the XG in my Yeah, I have to worry if your heart is in the right place, XG, if you think that making light of these things and joking about them is Am appropriate. I joking? Ultimately, Did it sound I, like I was joking? Oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah, sounded a little like joking, but hey, hang joking on. We need a couple of. Because everything I said was accurate. Okay. I'm just going to have to start muting people. I, I like this conversation, but no one can benefit if everyone's yelling over each other. I know Rav had something to say, but Diagnes, uh, I, I would say, again, somewhere I think, you know, the answer lies in the middle. So, yeah, I mean, it's subjective, but I think somewhere, like if people want to put on their, you know, if I, I am not a suit and tie person, but I have worn them occasionally, I do. But if I was, you know, the type of person to wear a suit and tie to church every Sunday, um, I wouldn't consider that like, you know, some sort of vain vanity or bad stuff because, you know, me throwing on a suit and tie takes like 10 minutes and I'm out the door. So it's not not a big thing for me if someone if I, but if I wanted to like I, it's hard for me to think like what what level of man would go to to make it absurd. But like, you know, for like women, how they have like more options. So if someone like wants to, you know, a woman's like, well, you know, I, I just want to put on like some a decent amount of makeup and blah, blah, blah and look. Uh, you feel like a normal person when I walk out the door, whatever the reason is. Um, but and then I think I'd be like, fine, that that seems fine. Like when I walk in and my wife's like putting on her makeup and stuff. Hold on. So when I walk in, I, I, hang on. I'm determined to finish the sentence. Yeah. Okay. So when I walk in and my wife's like when my wife's when my wife's like putting on makeup and stuff, I walk in and it takes her like you know ten minutes and she's ready to go out the door too. And I'm like, okay, that seems reasonable. But if I walk in, she's like, hold on, hold on. I got to get this for church. And she's like, you know, drawing on like, I don't know, eyelash, like doing like huge eyelash extensions, like, you know, looking like the, looking like the doll from, from saw, like with the big rosy cheeks and like, I don't know, like glitter and like, you know, overboard. I'd be like, whoa, what's the reason for this? So I, I think somewhere in the middle is acceptable. And what the heck is the reason for that? Uh, yeah, so grab so, so, wait, wait, before, the goalpost has been moved, and we're now discussing something that is far afield from the fact. Putting on grooming, self grooming, and, and dressing yourself to, to, to be presentable or, or in a respectful way are not analogous to putting on makeup. A woman can go through all the same grooming patterns that a man does and not put on a lick of makeup. And this would be far more preferable and consistent with Christ's message than, sure it is. 
Absolutely. Thanks for your opinion, troll. Uh, hang on, Rab. Well, well, Rab was trying to say something way before any goalpost accusations came about. So, uh, Rab, what were you trying to say for like? No, five he minutes? he he actually yeah he actually answered, which was the issue of he doesn't have a problem with them waking up and combing their hair, waking up combing their hair, brushing their teeth, waking up combing their hair, brushing their teeth, um, showering. So there's a level of it's literally the first application of anything that's not part of their human body. He's gonna have a problem with. So like, yeah, like I if guess you start putting fat poop on your face, then yeah, I'm like, well, no, it's the, it's it's where your heart is the purpose. It's what it, what so what undermines it? What is the what is the reason that you try to explore your face? What is the reason that you try to highlight your lips? Why is the reason you try to highlight your eyes? Why? What are you accomplishing? When you start to put on tighter and tighter dresses. Well, Diogenes, I, I have two questions. And Chris, you're, you're kind of quiet. Uh, it's kind of hard to hear you, but I, we heard enough of you. If you. I don't know if you can be louder or something. <laughs> why, am I, why am I asking this word? I don't know what I do. But Diogenes, so somewhere Are between... Um, I, 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 louder? Wow, that's still quieter than usual. But somewhere between Chris saying you're not a Christian, which I would, I would wonder just out of curiosity, like what viewpoint or standing you're coming from. And so if, if you're not a Christian, I mean, you can answer for yourself. I don't know what position you are. Um, but we are not women, as far as I know. Bubby, Chris, I don't think you guys are today. So um, I, I think we would need to have Christians talking to women because I don't know what goes on in all Christian women's head. Uh, but Diogenes, what position are you coming from? Like, would you say you are a Christian? Yeah, so, and Chris is like, no. So, or you're like, no, I'm an atheist. So I, I'm, I can, I'll spare you the entire history, but I've, I've been – I've. I've been raised in the church, and I want to return to the church, but I'm constantly disgusted by what I see as very clear and obvious straying from Christ's message. Christ was not ambiguous in, in, in what his message is and what it means to be a follower of Christ. Christ's message is, is contained in the Gospels. He fulfilled the law. He calls us to be humble. He calls us to pick up our cross and carry him. He says, for these reasons, you will be persecuted and people will, will even kill you. He didn't call us to watch football on Sunday, baseball okay. well, on Monday, well, pursue, I mean, it sounds like you pursue a, a five-bedroom house. Then return to monkey and be happy, bro. Like, well, so it's, it's, you want yeah, to go ahead and walk Diogenes, it sounds like you have a, a very strict but reasonable handle on some of what you're saying. So I would just say that wouldn't be a reason to not return to a church. I would, you know, do as you've done many times, I'm sure. Read the book of Acts. And with that as your goalpost, go to different churches and find the one that most closely resembles that and go there. So, again, there's not a single church in my area. That Make I one. No, okay, yeah, clearly. Uh, so there's not a church, single church in the area. And again, I'm exploring returning to the church, but I'm just sounding out people who identify themselves as Christians to see what does it mean when I meet someone and they say that they're a Christian? Are they, you know, what, how have they decided that the Bible and the message contained therein ought to be interpreted? And again, you'll find that all of the arguments you guys are presenting are very much in line with the church. Oh, everything's okay. A little makeup, a lot I didn't of makeup. make that argument. Not when Nate. Well, okay. Enough. So if you, well, well Diogenes, could you, could you, uh, let's let's do an experiment. Could you, um, uh, could you just ask me something that's, or, or the the people here, something that's actually relevant to them personally? So if you ask like something that's like I have to get inside of another person, like women and their makeup or whatever, 
Like, you know, I, I pass your test, right? I don't wear makeup. I don't wear gaudy jewelry. I don't adorn myself and stuff like that. So that is not an issue for me. So could you think of something that you would disagree with that would be an issue with me <laughs> um, that I can I can give you an answer and then you could, you know, instead of God, you can be my judge. I do. Um, just give me something that applies to us. And I guess I, I mean I guess the makeup thing applies to Bubby. Jewelry, so. ju- jewelry is beautiful. No, I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm coming through clearly. I'm not trying to judge anyone. I'm trying to understand. Well, yeah. How has the church? How has the church gotten to this point? So again, spare you the total history. I came from a Mennonite community uh, where I lived for several years as a child. I didn't. I didn't enter my teen years there. I didn't. I didn't. You know, devout. devout Mennonite, no, I mean, but I spent time there. And this obviously had an influence and provided an aspect of Christianity, a, a Christian ideal, right? And they have different ways of interpreting that. But one of the things that they're very consistent with is that women are women and men alike are not supposed to be pursuing sexual appeal. But that is inappropriate. Y'all were in a the entire the entire field of cosmetics, with the exception of those people who are grievously injured, when we can set those aside, is concerned with making yourself appear as something you are not. Okay, look. Wait, 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 Chris, wait, Chris, 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 wait, 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 Chris, I don't really. I don't think we should really entertain the answers because from the tradition he says he grew up and he's coming from, he's just coming off some weird Anabaptist split of my church, all right? So, like, I don't really think that the little Anabaptist Mennonites that are from the Dutch are really going to help you out here or are really going to give you a consistent Christology or actually good answer on what to do, whether it comes to the gospel, sacraments, or salvation. So, like, I'm good on that aspect. Do you, I mean, do you want you to use Christian, the Bible? You as do you want to use the Bible kind of to try to understand the message of Christ and then to grow from there? Do you think that it's appropriate and necessary for there to be pastors and leaders in the church? For there to yeah, be yeah, individuals, if you had wait, wait, if you had competent pastors and leaders in your church, y'all wouldn't be Anabaptists right now. That would be the real problem. Well, let me. But okay, look. Besides whatever, put a pin in this, Chris. Then we're going to move on. Yeah, let's put a pin in this. Diogenes, please tell us how you get saved in less than one minute. Accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. What does that entail? That entails picking up your cross and following Christ every day. No, no, tell me the story of the gospel. So people are fallen. Now what? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, if you have something that you want to say, just go ahead and say it. I don't need you to lead me through 20 questions. Well, I mean, I just, I'm <laughs> no, trying to I mean, this you into telling us. No, no, no. Uh, we've already got, we've already got Mr. XG casting aspersions yeah, and, and claiming that I don't share his interpretation so. of the gospel. Therefore, it is okay. worthless. Okay. I mean, very, a very good so. witness. No. Okay. Like, Dodgies, I didn't think that would be the thing, right? Like, you seem to have a call to a very, very, like, rigorous, um, you know, following for Christianity. Like, I would not have thought, like, well, you know, take a minute and explain the gospel, like, how to be cool with God would have been kind of like a, a big issue for you. So, I mean, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. I mean, you know, I'm if someone asks me, like, hey, Nate, you got 30 seconds. What's the gospel? I mean, I'm happy okay. to tell them. Yeah, happy to take that as an invitation to share what the gospel says. So, 
you stop me when the time's up. There's no way I can speak that concisely. Ultimately, Christ understands, right, when he's fulfilled the law, while he has fulfilled the law and we are now born innocent, we are still going to sin. We are still sinners. We're still going to be corrupted and we still need to accept Christ. We still need to see our failings as a necessary component of accepting Christ into our heart. And then we're going to go on sinning. Yes. That doesn't mean that we get to reject admonitions to better ourselves as it specifically relates to our behavior. We are called for far more than being in this world in the way that Christians are, where the time we spend. There you go. Um, do I make my okay. point clear, Nate? Uh, yeah, and, and hang on, uh, Keith, don't go anywhere. We're going to come, come to you next because you've been waiting patiently. But yeah, so Diogenes, um, I hear what you say and, and just, you know, compare that with what I'll say. Like, you know, I mean, you know, there, there's really, if someone's like, do it in a minute, like that amount of time doesn't do it full justice. But like, you know, my shot would be, look, if you want to know the ultimate point of Christianity, it is like Chris alluded to, right? Like we're in a bad spot to begin with. Like there's a God that created the entire world, Adam and Eve, literal people sinned. They did the one thing God said, don't do because of that. We live in a sinful salt fallen world and we are going to have a propensity to sin. We are not going to be able to escape that. Therefore we can't do enough. We can't be a good enough person to be on God's good side. We're enemies of God. Fortunately, Jesus came, God himself from heaven to earth was born of Mary, born of a virgin and through his death, burial, resurrection, living a perfect life, he kept the law, kept it perfectly, never sinned. And because of that, if we believe his death, burial, resurrection, and he says, you must be born again. So he says, seek me and you'll find me. If someone says, praise to Jesus, this is Jesus. I'm a sinner. I thank you. Your death, burial, resurrection. I believe that by faith, save me, make me born again. Give me eternal life. I will follow you. Um, at that point, we believe that's the most important thing in this world that you can get. And you are on good side. God's good side. Jesus says, forgiving you, you've been saved and you've been given eternal life. So whenever you expire in this life, you're going to continue existing in infinitely with the one who made you. So that's that's the gospel. That's in a nutshell. Would you say you agree with that or you have some problems with that or it's all rubbish? You know, I, I would say that generally there, there's several things that, you know, we could, you know, we could shore up there. But one of the things that's necessary to focus on is the following, the following. And it is appropriate that there are individuals who, who do read and interpret, who are called to lead the congregation. And those leaders have a responsibility, a greater responsibility for the, for, the, for the position that they hold in the church. And when they decide that it is not appropriate for them to admonish the congregation for, for willingly refusing to follow God, I, I don't think that anyone could argue that makeup is not an unnecessary adornment. And so this is one issue oh where gosh. I think very okay. specifically <clears throat> we have decided it's going to be appropriate. I'll argue it. I'll argue okay. it. Well, I, I think, I'll argue well, let, hey, God, I, I promised Keith I'd go, go next. But I'd say, you know, that would be like, you know, church leadership, doctrine, like instruction. That wouldn't have anything to do with the gospel. So I mean, anyways, but uh, Keith, I said would come to you. What's up, Keith? What's going on, everybody? What's on your uh, mind? My name's Keith. Uh, my, you know, my, I'm just short introduction. Uh, my name's Keith. I do come from a uh, Christian background, um, but nowadays I just really just 
serve God. So I just have that relationship with God. But um, why do you think that, like, within the Bible, there's like a lot of um, like con like confusion and messages that we just don't un understand, such as subject. We turn about makeup, sir. No, I'm, oh, not no I'm trying not to talk about that. I'm trying to get away from that. Make comment. Hold on, let me just uh, get this off right quick. So, so it's like, uh, like the story with uh, the father and uh, and his two daughters who, who like got him drunk and they had and they had sex, so it's like stuff like that. And then even like, um, well, what what about it? What's I, the point you're making? No, nah, I'm just trying to like, I'm just trying to ask like, why do you think that there are like events or like stories in the Bible like like that? that like 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 what's like the meaning behind that and and like why is it why is it so complicated for people just to read and understand versus having to kind of interpret things i don't think it should be like if you just if you just read it like with no interpretation i mean you know if, if you just read the story uh you, you can easily see like there, there's no mystery behind it uh these are are two people who did something that they knew was wrong people will say well incest is forbidden but they didn't have the law yet uh you know Noah and his sons had a lot of problem when they saw him you know naked passed out drunk in a field so they knew this stuff was still wrong inherently yet they're like well we can't you know we don't have a man to you know have a family with so you know let's date rape our dad so you know nowhere is this condoned as good but if you just read the story that's what it says so they did something that they knew was wrong and you get that not through interpretation but by reading, you know, the rest of Genesis, like, so you'll know that people knew this stuff was wrong. Anyways, so they got him drunk and they raped their dad. And because of that, like, that's an important, important part of the story, because without that, you may not know why was it the Ammonites and Amalekites or whatever the two like godless warring tribes spawned from these like daughters and their godless actions did. So if it's just like, well, the Amalekites and Amorites or whatever the ites were, it's two ites. Whatever they are, you know, are sworn enemies of the Israelites and they're trying to kill them and they're trying to have wars. And then if someone thinks, how did these people even start? Like, why are they a group of people? How do they come into being? And you didn't have that story about Lot and his daughters? You would never know how they came into being. So I think it's, it's just reporting the news. So it's like, hey, this bad event happened. They got their dad drunk and they raped their father. And through that action, that spawned, surprise, these two tribes who constantly give God's people trouble. So, you know, it's like, and then you can interpret if you want to, but you don't need to. So to your question, Keith, yeah, with no interpretation, if you just read the story, it reports a news event that happened, and then it shows the events that unfolded because of that event. So it's just like a newspaper. Okay, okay cool, cool. And um, my, my, last, my last thing that I, my, my last question is, um, like, being that, you know, everybody here is Christian, like, why is it that... Well, uh, well, I don't know everybody's question, but why do you think that like there are so many different like religions and denominations of the, of the same religion, but we all just follow God? Like, why why is it that like the religion piece is what separates a lot of a lot of uh, like uh, people, even people who even people who believe in the same the same God? Well, when you I mean when you say why don't people just follow God? And then you clarified it by, I guess, I guess the Christian God. Um, well, that's a good, well, there, well, I'm just saying that there's, there's one God. And I, and, and, and if I want to be specific, like when, I, when I'm speaking about like groups, like, um, like, uh, it's like, you know, Islam, like Muslims, Christians, Judaism, like, so not the Christian obviously, God. <laughs> obviously there's only one God. And even, I mean, 
even Christ, you know, even Jesus didn't form a religion. You know, it was all like religions all man made. So I mean, like, yeah. Well, Jesus. So if you if you don't like the term religion, which you know is, is it James that says true religion is this, and he goes on to say something. But I mean, if you're not talking about religion, like you know, there are some stuff like like look at Acts is Acts twenty one where uh, you know Paul and everyone's talking like you know this these are people who believe. If you don't want to say it's a religion, just just say a couple bullet points, which is what we already talked about. I think you're in the room, right? The death, burial, resurrection of Christ. If you believe that he's God incarnate, he has the power to forgive. He has the power to save. If you ask him to make you born again and give you eternal life, congratulations. So I don't know if someone wants to call those few points a religion. I mean, colloquially now they're like, what religion are you? Yeah, it's but not, but not, but every, not every right, Christian hang, hang believes on. it. Believes right, 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 hang on. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. So if you get those few points, like I said, and then acts, uh, you know, because they were having this discussion about, well, should we follow other laws? Should Gentiles be made to follow these laws? Should they get circumcised? Should they do these rules? And, you know, they ultimately decide, you know, Peter corrects, uh, Paul corrects Peter. And finally, they're like, OK, look, these are the people that believe what I already said. So uh, the few more points they add on is, look, if you if you have that understanding, then don't drink blood, don't eat stuff sacrificed to idols and abstain from sexual immorality and you will do well. This seems good to us and the Holy Spirit. So if you want to say that's a religion, um, you can, but it's really just like, what, less than 10 points? Like, believe Jesus is the power to save, forgive by, by grace through faith. If you believe that, abstain from idols, Satan, uh, sexual immorality, great. The Holy Spirit will lead you, convict you, guide you, and you're good. So you don't need to call that a religion, but if people are like, hey, on a piece of paper, write down your religion. I'm going to write Christianity because that's what that means. Um, but yeah, as far as the other people that don't believe that way and believe that, you know, you must be baptized and you must be saved in their church or you must speak in tongues or you're not really saved, um, <laughs> for that, I would say, um, there's a whole lot of general reasons the Bible gives for that. And it can range from like pride to secularly, like they have an agenda and, you know, they really want to follow God, but they also really want to follow some of their other rules for some reason. Maybe it's like a, a misunderstanding, like they want to be godly, but they're, they're somehow like, you know, subconsciously still beholden to some culture or, or some practice. Or like we see with slavery, um, many of the people who were slave owners used the Bible to uh, justify slavery. And they actually weren't really Christians at all, but they said they were because they thought these Bible verses helped them justify slavery. So they weren't even Christians. And then you use people also use the very same Bible to justify the eradication of slavery. So it would range from honest misunderstandings to outright twisting of the scripture for your own power or agenda. Yeah, and, and, and okay, so just to clarify, and, and I'm more so just, I'm more so just asking about your opinion on the state of, of, of those, um, like disagreements with, within the same religion. So like, for example, not all Christians believe in Jesus the same way. So like some people just, some people don't believe that he was like God himself or things of that nature. And so when you pray into Jesus, like, isn't that kind of like, cause even Jesus said, you know, like, you know, um, like don't pray to me or somebody like that like pray to, pray to God only, you know, don't, I'm not quoting there, but like this stuff like that, you know, like I feel like there's still a, a separation there when it comes to like, just the belief of Jesus and like how he was here on earth, you know? So, yeah. So if people can really, and, like, honestly, 
If people could really get through the Bible and not come away with the understanding that Jesus is God, I would just point to the parable that says, you know, my sheep know my voice. And the disciples say, why do you speak in riddles? Why do you, you know, speak in parables? Why don't you just tell people plainly? And he says, some people, it's not meant to be, it's hidden. Like this stuff is intentionally hidden from them. Not just like they don't understand or they don't get, but for whatever reason, he says, it's God's good pleasure to do this, that they will, you know, this gospel will intentionally be hid from them. So when Jesus says things like, I and the Father are one, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. And Colossians 3, you know, Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. And Philippians 2, 6, like Jesus being in nature, God didn't take advantage of this, but he humbled himself and, uh, and took the form of a servant. So if you really, and John 9, how he talks about how he's going to give waters of eternal life freely to anyone who wants it. And in Revelation, I believe it's 19 or 21 or 21, 6. He, it's he who sits on the throne. This is Jesus and John's revelation. This is Jesus saying the exact same thing. And he says, I'm going to give freely to anyone who wants it. And he's saying the very same thing he said in John 9. So if people can get through the whole Bible and not uh, come away with the understanding, that, whether or not they believe it, if they come away with the understanding that the Bible doesn't outright say Jesus is God, then I'm just going to throw my hands up in the air and say, guys, I don't know how you can misunderstand this, but you must be the ones in the parable where it is intentionally kept hidden because I don't know how you can read this stuff where it says Jesus is God over, over, and over and come away with an understanding in, that's anything but that. So I guess no matter how clear I think it should be, when it says Jesus is God, yet he took the form of a servant and people are like, no, Jesus is not God, then... I guess the Bible's right and I'm wrong. It, look, it, well, it doesn't say Jesus is God. If we, if we, if we're Philippians saying, two six, Jesus being in very nature God. That, well, that's different than Jesus. Well, is just everything, God. everything I cited. I mean, maybe you're one of the people that it's intentionally hid from. Like everything I just cited. Nah, I'm just no, I'm just. Uh, I mean, you you can say that. That's fine. It's just that even within the Christian religion it, itself, that's not a like like a fact like you say it because like 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 you say it with conviction because you know you believe it and and, and i understand that and that's great but the same this like the same passion that you have for that there's somebody there's another christian that that doesn't believe believe it that way and they're just as passionate about it too well, you know well you know? okay so i i would say that's incorrect and not to say no true christians but i mean if like it would be like universalist unitarians who are in no way, shape, or form Christians, yet they will call themselves Christians. That's like the farthest out there stretch. Um, so, yeah, if you talk about anyone that's like remotely held on to anything said or understood since the time Christ walked the earth in flesh and blood, like any of those Christian groups will say Jesus is God. Even people that have problems with the Trinity, like oneness or you know people like that, will still say Jesus is God. So, I mean, if you're remotely attached to anything Jesus said in his time on this earth, um, yes, absolutely, Christians believe uh, that Jesus is God. Uh, if you're completely divorced from all of that, yet you still want to call yourself a Christian, and there's like only one place you can go, which would be like Unitarian, Universal, whatever, which believes, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff that nobody believed for 2,000 years, that's the only way you can make that case. And you just, the, the book argues against you. Like the Bible says you're not a Christian. Um, anyway, so so yes, if you're a Christian denomination at all, uh, per the Bible, 
you absolutely believe Jesus is God. You just do. Um, we've talked to all of like all kinds. There's none except like the universal ones that just don't believe anything the Bible says anyway. So, so, so you, so it's not, so it's, so what you're saying, in other words, it's not possible to serve God if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is God. Correct. Anyone else have anything to say about that? So, so what about the, like the people, like people who like grow up in a whole different religion, part of the world where it's just normal to practice Islam or like, you know, they don't have a chance of serving God. Well, God is sovereign. So, you know, God already knows, like if someone is, if someone right now is 10,000 miles away um, and they're in a place where the nearest Christian is a, a thousand or 2000 miles away from them, God is sovereign. He already knows all those people, which ones are going to be saved and which ones are not. Like, it's not a surprise for him. So if all the people God already knows are going to be saved that we don't because it seems far-fetched, like God knows, like the guy who is, you know, he, he was trying to be a better Muslim. And, you know, he wrote the book, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. So I, I believe he said he started off like uh, he was seeking Allah so hard that he Jesus showed up in a dream. And he's like, no, you're all wrong. I'm the one you're looking for. And that started him on his I mean, pilgrimage to Muslims to, believe in Jesus, though. They don't believe he's God because they, right. say but God they has still no believe children. in Jesus, though. Like they, they believe that Jesus is history. Yeah, but if, right. if Muslims well, going right. to say Jesus even said, worship me as God, I know that's not going to be the same thing. If um, if Jesus is telling them, follow me, convert to Christianity, lead Islam. But he never, it's but not Jesus never said that, though. Wait, hang on. Wait, wait. I don't know why we're taking a sharp detour. But no, you, you literally asked me a second ago, so you're saying you must believe Jesus is God to be a Christian? And I said, yes. And now we're talking about a guy who's a Muslim. If you're a Muslim, you do not believe Jesus is God. Therefore, you're not a no, Christian. I was, you're a Christian. I was, you but a Christian. I was more so speaking about serving serving God because you said that unless, right. you're, a and, Christian, and, they, unless you're a Christian, then you can't serve God. That doesn't make sense. Yes, it does. Well, okay, let me finish my story yeah. to answer your question. Because you asked a question, I assume that you were sincere and want an answer. So anyways, the guy, like, God knows that guy. So we may have said that guy never has a chance because he's a Muslim. There's no Christians around. Yet Jesus showed up to him in a dream, and he's like, oh, I guess I'm wrong. So now he is a Christian. He converted because he found the true, you know, he'll say the true God, which I believe he's right. So that's how. So if people are, like, in a, the pygmy outback or something like that, and they never perceivably have a chance to find this God, instead of thinking, oh, well, they must all go to hell then because if they don't know Jesus as God, no, a better way is know that God is sovereign. So all it takes is someone, like Romans 1 says, everyone knows there's a creator. Everyone knows there's a creator God by looking around at nature. So if they act on that faith, if they act on that knowledge, like, oh, well, we're here for, you know, reasons, maybe a God created us. And they keep pursuing this. I believe the Bible says they're going to be given more and more information. And if they keep pursuing that and keep going on this line, they're eventually going to arrive at the Jesus of the Bible. So whether that means a missionary will find their village, whether that means they will leave their village and find a missionary, like however God wants to orchestrate that, if someone keeps pursuing this path of knowledge they're given, they're going to arrive at the Jesus of the Bible. So that's how they will know. Okay, if you want to ask whatever your second question was or whatever you were saying now. No, that's, I'm going to uh, just listen for right now, but thank you. Uh, sure, and Caleb, did you want to say anything? Did you get everything out or? No, I mean you. I think you've summarized it fine. I mean, I have looked but, into the um, 
visions of Jesus to Muslims saying a little bit for the research I'm doing right now. That's just one example too. I don't know how people do that. Like let's there's a bigger just a bigger conversation there, but yeah, I understand what I understand what you're doing, but that's not the that's not the that experience is not just happening to all Muslims. Like no, not to all Muslims, but yeah. it's a lot. I mean, in some countries, it's like twenty-five or thirty percent, depending on which what data you're looking at. So, but that's just an example. I mean, and, there and, people, you know, for, there, but there are Christians who convert to Islam. I mean, well, they might convert, but, you know? but it's not usually because of like well, well, vision. Or I'm not saying it never happens, but statistically, it's not very common. That's bro. That's not. That's, that's not that's, true. Okay, look. Keith, Keith, that's I'm not talking about for. Keith, I'm not wait, saying. Wait, wait. I'm talking about for what, vision Keith, specifically. Yeah, that that's not the point. Like that, that had nothing to do with it. Yes, Christians, you know, apostatize and leave the faith. Like everyone does that. Atheists turn theist, you know, Haiti could turn to a Christian but, tomorrow. But, like, you know, Christians turn, atheists, turn Christians, Muslims. Christians yes. turn Muslim. It's like, it, yeah, it's like a McDonald's value mix. Like you can mix and match that combo any way you want. It happens. No one's saying it doesn't happen on all sides. The point, but the question was if people don't know about Jesus because they're separated from any knowledge of, of Jesus, how could they possibly know Jesus? That was the question. So I was just using one example because I, I we don't have time for me to use an example of every single mix and match combo but uh, it's but, possible but, to 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 read the bible and learn about jesus and still have questions and things that don't really line up especially if you're in your personal relationship with god it's like that's more that's more revealing revealing than anything else sure it's possible to read the bible and have questions of course um but just on that note, though, like because you made the Muslim point, I mean, that's like the, you know, the three Abrahamic religions, like Islam, Christianity and Judaism, they, they will all, the claim is they all serve that God. Um, I, I think in practice, it's very, very different, but at least all three will claim they serve the same God. Um, however, Jesus is like the linchpin, like Jesus is the thing where people are like, you're so close. Why don't you just all agree? Why don't you just make clear? Chrislam Judaism, like, why don't you all just combine your forces because of Jesus? That's the reason. Like a lot of things, uh, morality wise, a lot of things about like, you, you know, certain ethics and, and certain like just secular living or whatever, we are similar on and we could coexist uh, because we're, we're very, very similar on certain topics. However, Jesus is the one. So, you know, in, Ju in Judaism, they totally do not accept him as the Messiah. Um, in Islam, they accept him as the as uh, their understanding would be different. But if you say Messiah, they'll say yes, the Anointed One, the Mahadi. Uh, but and they they believe he is a prophet, so that's more favorable. But it still falls short. Um, so they don't accept him as God because they will say God has no children. So it's Christianity that believes that yes, he is a prophet, he is our high priest, and he is king, meaning divine. He is God. So you you go from Judaism that believes Christ is none of that to Islam, which believes Christ is at least a prophet, but then we believe in Christianity, Christ is God. So if, if you fall short of Christ is God, that's the reason why we can't all, you know, our ideologies can't converge into one. Um, I think most people understand that, but just to, you know, throw that out there, that's why it's all centered around Jesus. So thousands of years of history and religions and practices all make or break on one guy, which is kind of poetic. Um, anyways, Oh, what's up, you? How are you? You don't know me, son. Are you speaking? Perhaps not. Is there anything interesting going on in chat to talk about?
I haven't been paying attention. Oh, Michael. Oh, chat's where it's at. Sorry, just oh, saying chat's where it's at. Oh, chat's where it's at right now. There's a, like a, a we're, we're all having fun making quips and doing really bad puns of Seamus's name. So it's a, it's, it's a joyous. <laughs> Matt Adams has a new argument, I think, against evolution that he wants oh, no. to bait an atheist on. Oh, no. Us. Yeah. I'm kind oh, of I curious. Had... I had something about evolution. Um, let me see. I let's see what you think, Haiti and Rab. Uh, let's see. This is not thought out. I just made a quick notes because I, I I heard somebody talking about it, and it was like I thought that's an interesting point because it's not it's not really evolution or whatever. It goes to the bigger point, which is like how humans can justify like you know mass atrocities and stuff like that. So, like, evolution is just, like, one thing. So you think evolution is the end game, but it's really not. And it's, like, that's a much smaller stepping stone. And uh, how people view that can lead to larger, larger things. So, for example, um, let's see. I just wrote something. I was going to read this. Uh, it was from a few days ago. But I heard people talking about it. And I thought, yeah, let's see. Isn't it interesting the theory of evolution fits perfectly, uh, let's see, with the comfort of people who want to. Oh, yeah, that was it. It was a worldly population and, like, general atrocities. So if, if you subscribe to evolution, not, not even talking about true or false, just like your mindset, right? So that would be the first thing. People are hung up on evidence and RNA and sequencing and if it's true or not. Just, just set that aside and let's go a different direction real quick. So like if your conceptualization of humanity is, is just because of you know, random whatever acts, um, not because of a divine creator and you have value, that fits with people who talk about like, you know, they want the earth population needs to be reduced and they talk about calling in mass, like billions of numbers. And it's a lot easier to justify because if you think each of those people have value instilled in them because of a divine creator made it happen, that's a lot harder to justify getting rid of half the planet. But if you're like, well, you know, people just happened through some other way and they don't inherently have value from a divine creator, they just may, appear. Then may I it's, it kind of, uh, if I can finish, uh, you. Well, we, I see where you're done. going with it. Yeah, we got it. You got there. Like we 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 hear this. Finish my God. sentence for me, and then and then respond. Finish my. If you sentence see the value right. of a divine, if you still, if you feel the, the see the value of a divine creator, you actually mm -hmm. value every single person on Earth and would be opposed to genocide. Okay, now respond. The response is, but we have examples of humans that are very, very, very devout Christians, who proclaim the exact opposite in the sense of Johnny Hawes saying. I am one of the elect, screw all the other people. So the fact that they are actually fine letting everybody else that's not the tiny fraction of humans on the planet, the elect, die and perish. So we also have the opposite case where if you think the elect are tiny in number and small, you're okay with letting the planet be destroyed by climate change because that's fine. I would say that is a, that is a, fair point but it's not exactly apples for apples unless he wants to you know join the depopulation agenda with people who don't just say let what happens happens but they actively want to do stuff to murder people if uh haas joins that group then you have an exact apples to apples point but right now where he's just like screw it let what happens happens i'd say that's a fair point but not exactly unless he's gonna actively well, advocate for murdering them the, so the pro uh, look, climate change heard, people. Can I say something? I've heard Christians right, right here on this app, just about the Holocaust from the Bible. So you could easily do that using religion, easily. Okay. Yeah, that is true. 
right? The Holocaust was part of God's plan. This is a good thing from God. That's what Andrew R. will say, is that the Holocaust is part of God's plan to punish the Jews. That is literally so what I, he said. So I would still, I mean, I would still say, like, I mean, I think you're making, like, fair, the points you're making are fair, but they're still not one for one. Like, if it, like, will you, like, I'm happy to concede, like, you have a quasi-fair relevant point if you will concede that it's not exactly fair because on one side you have people actively advocating murder while on the other side as distasteful it is you have people apparently cheering you know some other force either just because or because god did it like they're not like yes i i want to murder these people so is that fair like you're almost there sure. and your points are valid but if you've what got like Haas and these other people saying like yes we need to actively eradicate half the planet. Not like I pray to God that He eradicates half the planet. Like, so, what's so what are you talking about? What's pro Baptist? Like, I don't know who these people are who want. Oh, just Google twenty Google twenty thirty agenda. Like, it's like the uh, it's like the Davos Group and the World Economic Forum. Like, wait, 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 and like wait. Bill Gates. Like, died half the planet. Really? Is that what they're saying? Yes. How? Yeah. This is not. This is genocide. Not like, so, really. So, so they won't say genocide. They would say like they would. Yeah, Haiti, let, let me drop this on you. Like, this is not hidden. This is not debatable. Like, this used to be where they'd be like, it was conspiracy theory. But in the last, like, 20 years, like, just Google. What do I Google? Hey, I, I, just Google 2030 Agenda. 20, You'll find all kinds of. 2030 Agenda. And what is that? Is that is that a conspiracy theory itself? <clears throat> I'm trying to tell you, but you keep interrupting me. Tell me. So. Yes, it is. Okay. Hang on. So, like, years ago, when people talked about, you know, world depopulation, how there's too many people. Everyone was kind of hush-hush about it. And they're like, it's conspiracy, it's conspiracy. The reason it's not conspiracy now is because everyone is just blatantly saying it. I mean, they, it, they would say it how, like, Chris, the Calvinist, will say, God's not sending people to hell. God just passes over some people. Give me a name so in that, it, someone who said this. Okay. Uh, you're just saying oh. they. It sounds like you sound like a conspiracy theory. It is. Oh, my gosh. Haiti, okay, I'm literally answering you. I am. I already did answer. I already did answer you, but you, you, I just were too busy interrupting me to hear you. Klaus Schwab, Bill you. Gates, Yuval Noah Harari. Klaus, like I've already Klaus said, Schwab. I've already said Bill Gates like three times. Klaus, Haiti, I, I, I would like to get through a sentence. I promise it will be beneficial this for you. Entire time, Nate, you talk most about I, everything. I keep getting, I keep getting. I keep getting sidetracked because you constantly interrupt me. Haiti, the point is it cannot it's not a conspiracy theory in the same way a Calvinist would say God didn't send you to hell. God passes over people. The people who I'm talking about aren't saying we need to murder half the planet. They are they're saying the uh, same they're saying the same thing without saying it. So for example, if you hear them talk, that's the point I'm getting to. You can find videos of like the World Economic Forum, like the Davos Group, and all these people in public meetings. You can find it on TED Talks. Like, I don't know how people are saying this as a conspiracy. This comes from their own mouth. They're like, there's approaching 8 billion people on the planet. In order to survive, we need to have the global population reduced by like half. And people are like, so are you saying, uh, again, I'm paraphrasing, they would be like, so are you talking about getting rid of them? And they're like, no, no, no. You know, we want people to have long, long, healthy lives, but we have 4 billion people too many. They're like, so what are you saying? 
And they're like, well, we want people to have long, healthy lives. We respect life. But we have four billion too many people. So that, that's how this goes. Okay, so can I talk now? So I asked you two minutes, maybe five minutes ago. Um, they're not actually saying they want to genocide half the planet. And you said, yes, they are. Now, and then I said, don't you just mean they want, they want like fewer babies so the population falls? And you're like, no, no, no. It's not a conspiracy theory. They want to kill half the planet. It turns out it is a conspiracy theory. You're extrapolating. When they say we have too many people here, you're hearing they want to kill half of the people, right? You just sound like an insane person right now. Haiti, maybe the reason is because you have two ears and one mouth and you're doing double talking when you should be doing normal listening. So listen to what I'm saying. They say there's too many people, right? So it would be totally fair to take your position and say, so they just want people to have less babies, right? So I can, in 50 and 100 years, like, you know, the population naturally decreases. That would be fair. The reason that is wrong is because if you type in the 2030 agenda, their goal is they want this done by 2030. That's the whole reason. So if you're someone kind of like the, where does, Je where does the Bible say Jesus is God crowd? And it's like, he says it right here. He says it right here. But unless they specifically say like Jesus is God over and over. So it sounds like you could be having that like philosophical viewpoint unless they say there is 8 billion people we want 4 billion people murdered by 2030, that it didn't happen and it's all crazy. Or if you can just read, read, I mean, it's not even reading between the lines. It's like math. It's like, if you say there's 8 billion people and by 2030, you want 4 billion people, how does that work? People can't just stop having babies right now and achieve that goal by the prescribed time. So what is the answer? The answer is have people untimely meet their demise. Okay, so you look, people make these crazy goals all the time. They say, we want to be, you know, carbon free by 2050, or we want to be free of cancer by when, you know what I mean? Obviously, we're not going to drop from 8 million to 4 million in the next seven years, right? Unless. So your idea is, oh, they're so tied to this goal that they're just going to kill half the population of the earth. And that's brilliant, Nate. That is absolutely brilliant. Now, Haiti, you're extrapolating. I didn't say they are going to. I said they are advocating for it. You just when extrapolated. You did the they thing I'm accusing advocating of. Because you're saying you're reading between the lines and they've never said anything like that. Literally, that is what, now, oh, oh my God. You ask what to Google. I, I put it in your lap. You, okay, so the things they are not saying is you must commit uh -huh. genocide, you must kill people. The things they are saying, I've said it thrice now. The things they are saying is there are too many people, the population needs to be reduced by at least half, and this needs to be done by 2030. That is what they actually are saying. You can't call it a conspiracy. You can't say I'm extrapolating. If you watch some of the videos of the things I told you to Google, you will hear it directly from the people I talked about. Like, I mean, there's no way, unless it's like fake video and it's like AI or whatever. Like it is directly coming from people giving talks to lots of people who, by the way, cheer. Like lots of the audience are cheering, not realizing they're talking about the people in the audience cheering. So right. those are so what they do saying, say. They're not saying kill anyone, right? They're just saying the population needs to reduce um, by 2030, which obviously it's not gonna do. And now you're Haiti. saying, what exactly are they advocating for? Okay, so there's two things. Haiti, in the most generous, which, M Michael, you need to give Haiti like a charitability plus like a million. So in the most generous situation with this equation, 
there's 8 billion people. It needs to be reduced by half. That's roughly 4 billion people. Okay. And, and I, I don't think the population is technically 8 billion. I think it's like 7 point something billion. So I don't want to be called on technicality. It's about 8 billion people. So they are saying that's the population. It needs to be reduced by half, which would be roughly 4 billion. And that needs to be hap happen by 2030. So that is the formula. So there's two ways to go. Either by 2030 or shortly after, if that does not happen, generously, you would say, oh, well, I guess they just didn't meet their goal. Try harder next time. You know, add a couple more years to that goal. That's the generous view. The ungenerous view, and usually the truth is somewhere in the middle, but the ungenerous view is these people have enough money, wealth, influence, world government status, positions of power that they can do some really nasty stuff and encourage people to do things that would lessen human life by that time. Um, so, so there you go. And the truth is usually somewhere in the middle. So you have people who want this goal. They want it depopulated. And if they don't meet that goal, well, that was just a thought. We failed our goal. Oops. Or people that actively try to reduce the population through like, I don't know, famine, war, plague, disease, whatever. Nate, can I... And then if you want to be oh. the average, somewhere in the middle is the truth. They're going to bring about famine to kill off half the pop. Yes. Yes. I'm sure they are. I'm sure Wait, hey, okay, Haiti, right. Davos, that's his goal. Yeah. That's, Haiti, that's what he wants. So are you saying people like China and the Ming dynasty haven't used famine as warfare and to kill people? Are you saying history didn't happen? Or are you saying these what people have learned a lesson and are famine? never going to do that? Do you mean against their enemies or against their own population? Because most famines are just a result of bad governments, um, not, not malice. Um, so I don't know what you mean. If you're talking about starving out another population as a sort of means of warfare, sure. But that's or really starving out their like own population to keep them online and make them beholden on the government to prevent rebel uprisings oh, from their own people. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so you think that was deliberate? Yes. I mean, not I mean, in every case. I mean, like you said, some people are crappy governments. But to yeah. say, like, no, no country has ever done that. I mean, Google it. Plenty well, of I countries have used that, food uh, and control to, to limit their populace from uprising. I don't, I don't even know how... I don't even know how this is like, again. Haiti, we have had weird yeah, you points going, of contention Nate. lately. Yeah, you, well, because you're saying shit, that's why. And I'm just like a Google. If I why. Google, does Bill Gates support depopulation? I get a lot of websites that like fact check and say no, Bill Gates does not support yeah, it's depopulation. Yeah, crazy, insane conspiracy yeah. shit, and that's so why. If you're talking about the 2030 UN agenda for 2030, can you show me anywhere where it says there's a goal to have to reduce the population by half? I'm not familiar. Like, where where are you getting this information from? You're just right watching YouTube videos. Right wing job sites. That's where. No, the reason I keep saying you can't. I mean, obviously you keep doing it, but the reason you cannot rightly say this stuff is a conspiracy theory is because you don't need to find. I mean, yes, you will find like weird tinfoil hat websites out there. Don't go there. I'm saying you can see actual videos and like one of the guys. I don't know if it's Bill Gates or one of the people I'm talking about. Maybe it's Schwab or someone. There's like a TED talk. So you find it straight from the horse's mouth. No, wait, wait. Oh my God. Nate, you can no, find this. You can provide it. You can provide it. So link, link your source and then we'll, we'll listen to it. We're not going to go digging for it for you. Like, what is this? It's a okay. TED talk. You want me to listen to every TED talk? Like what? Oh my gosh. I'm like so done with you people. Okay. Listen, I didn't expect to have to have to pull up YouTube videos for you. I am happy to, but while I'm actively like trying to deal with like obstinate people, you're going to need to give me just a few minutes to do that. I am happy. 
I'm more than happy because I can't believe you can't a figure this out for yourself and b you're so gullible and naive to think that these people in positions of power like would would just have everyone's best interests at heart and there's absolutely none of them who are like the evil villain type that you know are greedy and selfish and don't care if you live or die i am flabbergasted by that so yes i don't have a problem signing sources i'll just like spend a few minutes after i'm off here googling all the people i'm talking about and finding the videos of them saying exactly what i'm saying they're saying and I'm confident I can do that because I've seen it over and over and over. So it's not people saying they've seen it. It's not people saying they've heard it. It's not people saying a backdoor like aid has leaked it out. It, it's these people saying it. So yes, I will happily have sources. Like if anyone wants them, send me a back channel message. I'll reply. I just want to say that um, as far as the famine thing goes, any governments like using famine as a population control mechanisms um, or like a, a mechanism for controlling their subjects or whatever. Like that's like a really incompetent thing to do because famine makes people desperate and angry. <laughs> so I'd be really interested if anyone could find like an effective, like an example in history of a government using famine effectively to, you know, prevent uprisings as opposed <laughs> to leading to them. Yeah, also, I don't understand the capitalist evil motivation for either causing famines or, like, culling the population. Presumably, the more people out there, the more customers they have. Um, so, you know, I don't know who these billionaires are that are, like, uh, twirling their mustaches and plotting famines and, I don't know, wars and, oh, let's, let's uh, get all the women to stop having babies. It seems like the opposite of what they would want. Okay. So in how long have I been silent? 45 Congrats. seconds. Yeah, good job. Do you feel good about well, you that? Talk, you just Nate, I'm just being honest. You, you talk more how than did we anyone. Get on this the... And the reason, okay. the, the reason <laughs> people interrupt you is that you just talk, like we're not having a back and forth. You're just doing a TED talk and then the next person does one sentence and then you do another TED talk. And that's why you get interrupted. Do you prefer earlier? How like there are 10 people talking at a no, time? I think you should have probably stopped that too. Okay, <laughs> why don't you start your own room? But not before you hear this. Okay, so someone asked about, and I don't disagree that you know a government using famine and withholding food from their populace to control them uh, is inefficient and bad. I don't disagree. If I was a you know dictator ruler of a country, I would think that's not the way to go. But in about forty five seconds, you can Google this. So I haven't had a chance to read them all, but I mean, like the one Maoist China that I was talking about, I, I was talking about a dynasty, but whatever. Um, and some of these, you could say it's not entirely their fault, like Ethiopia or something like that. But generally, you could Google um, the Soviet Union in the 1930s. And yeah, find, I know about those examples. The, the, right, right. So, so I mean, you know, these are some of the, the greats of history, right? Uh, Stalin, under his rule. Mm -hmm. You've got Maoist China with a great leap forward in the 60s. Mm -hmm. You've got Ethiopia. So while you know not completely caused by their government, they they use it advantageously for their government. And so, I mean North and North Korea. I mean, does anyone disagree with that? Anyone well, have a problem? Yeah, anyone I'm not sure to, that North. I mean, I'd have to. You'd have to show the examples in North Korea and Ethiopia. But like North Korea the, wasn't intentional. It was um, well. In the, was a big well, famine. but like about the. I'm talking North China. Korea for the last hundred years. It's only well, been a North communist country for since 1950. For the last 100 years, it's 
Oh boy. Um, North Korea hasn't been having a famine for the last hundred years. It's just been doing really badly economically because of the collapse of the Soviet Union. But anyway, so the um, the thing about China and Russia is that in neither of those cases were those famines induced to control the population, right, or keep the population from rising up. Like I said, you know, in both cases, they were like major disasters that were like to the massive disadvantage of the regime and the regime, you know, didn't foresee coming, right? Um, now, it's true that, you know, in order to maintain control in those situations, the regime used a lot of brutal tactics of suppressing the population. But that's, you know, that testifies the fact that the famine, you know, made social control harder, not easier, right? Um, so, you know, that's not really what happened in those examples. And when I talk about Korea, 1948, whatever, early 50s, when I talk about Korea, I'm not talking about like, you could say famine, but I'm talking about like forced control. Yes, food is what, the, I, I mean, you know, whether, whether it's true or not, you, you don't have a lot of reporters coming in there. But one of the world things, like world humane organizations that they accuse them of is using food as a weapon. So maybe not like they're in feminist times. You could say it's because of, I don't know, uh, bad management or whatever. But if you go, you know, like if you're a visitor, like you'll go to the, the main cities and there's plenty of food, just like Cuba, by the way. If you go to the main cities and you're a tourist, there's plenty of food, there's plenty of it. But if you're one of the people, you don't get to eat that. That's not for you. You get to eat the slop, you get to eat leftovers. You have to stand in food lines and it's a different system. So they use, they can definitely use that as a method of control. So again, I guess this is me encouraging you to read between the lines. Not every case is because of outright famine, it, but using food as control is the point. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone disputes that food is used as a control mechanism, but that's not like, you know, I mean, that's just like every day with poverty, right? And you know, class class divisions and things like this right like that doesn't require a grand conspiracy <laughs> you know to reduce the population by half or whatever right Which that was a, that was a I mean, that that was that was only one thing like i mentioned famine and that's what we've been talking about for 10 minutes i'm just like throwing sure. out for instance it's like famine disease plague whatever yeah but those the thing is those <clears> things <throat> are those things are disastrous right especially for like an integrated world economy like ours. So like, you know, the point isn't that people in power aren't like, you know, immoral and, you know, self-serving and so forth, right? I think they are most of the time. But the point is that like disasters like that are actually to their disadvantage because, you know, today's global elites rely on like, you know, an integrated world economy, right? That needs, you know, a lot of people to sort of keep goods and services flowing and, you know, where famine is going to, you know, hurt supply chains and supply and demand. And, you know, same thing with disaster and disease. I mean, COVID, the whole like COVID thing, right? A lot of people thought that that was like, you know, some manufactured, you know, stuff by uh, world governments. And it's really silly because, you know, world governments rely on, you know, GDP and the world market and COVID shut down those things, right? I'm so glad you just said that. So again, uh, it's been what, a minute and a half since I've talked. So uh, 
the best I can find while I'm doing this, again, send me back channels if you want it. I am more than happy to send you this stuff when I, when I get it. But Google, Yuval Noah Harari, will the future be human? It's, it's a 30-minute video, so if you want a specific clip, you'll need to give me a little bit. But he's talking at the World Economic Forum. So when you basically, and I've, I've watched like, maybe not the whole 30 minutes, but I've watched like a lot of this video. And he's basically countering every point you're saying about the GDP and the world needs people. And it's in the best interest of like global governments because we're all integrated to have a, a good, strong, healthy, uh, energized workforce. He's basically countering all of that and talking about the rise of AI and how like, um, this may be the one where he's talking about like shipping and basically logistics and all these type things are going to be done by AI through technology, through the innovation of robots and the prolonged life of the people in charge, um, which is probably not us. So um, check that one out. Um, it's well, a 30 minutes, so it may take you a while, but the gist of it, mm. I mean, this guy's got so much stuff, you just can't hide it. And you can't say uh -huh. it's misedited. Like you just watch this guy, like he's so- I wouldn't he's say so, it's misedited. He, 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 He's so flagrant that he, he talks about, he's written books about this stuff. So, I mean, mm -hmm. this, uh, for some reason, this guy is like next level. He's not like, oh, well, there's one clip from 10 years ago. He's like, no, this is what I'm talking about. The future will not be human. So the whole gist of uh, the whole, the whole like predication of this is mm -hmm. specifically this guy talks about the future is not human. There's going to be a, a group of people. He, he doesn't define the group, but I mean, you know, chances are he's not he's not talking about himself as being one of the ones that aren't going to be around. So he believes like him and these people who are evolved and elevated are going to have like, you know, life extension technologies, whether they achieve like, you know, an ability to upload their consciousness into machines or merge with computers or the internet. Like that's the gist of it. And because mm -hmm. of that, there will be like this, per I, I got to meet you and we're going to talk because there's a lot of feedback. Um, Sorry. You know, there's going to be part of this like permanent world longevity ruling class and all the people who aren't them, it's like Carlin said, like George Carlin, you know, there's a big club, but you're not in it. So it's like all the people who are in that club are going to be, as you say, like they're all going to get along. Everyone's going to be motivated, energized, happy, healthy, probably cyborgs. Um, <laughs> and all the people that aren't there that they would otherwise need, that's going to be done by like AI, logistical management, stuff like that. So they will need lots less people to make happen what they want to happen. All right, I'm done. That's my whole gist. You guys say whatever you want for a while. Well, hey, I'll just Nate, invite, invite CEO. Thing. He's trying to get up hey, here. Michael, can I address that last thing really quickly? So, um, so yeah, so that last thing about the AI stuff. So that's like extremely, like extremely, extremely speculative, right? AI isn't like anywhere near that point where it can actually replace human labor, right? Yeah, it's like really advanced right now, but like, human labor is still required to keep economies going, right? And AI is not gonna be able to replace all of that, right? And like, even let's say AI was that point, the reason that like, you know, um, you know, in, even in that situation, it's not like, it probably wouldn't, well, it almost definitely wouldn't work because you, the way like capitalist economies work is that like they're driven by human labor, right? such that um, when you replace um, workers with AI, right, um, that increases, you know, your costs of production and that means your profits go down, right? So that's, that's actually like a big problem we're seeing right now with the um, innovation that AI has seen in terms of replacing, you know, the workforce that's, you know, um, led to, 
you know, um, economic problems on the backside, right? Um, so, you know, that's not, you know, that stuff's like extremely speculative and it's like very like, it's like, you know, rich people fantasies. It doesn't, you know, there's not really much reality to it. I would say, I, I still agree with you. Yeah, we're going to go to CEO and then love, but I, I would say, uh, I, I would agree with as much as you said. Um, but then I would say, keep in mind though, if they, that right now that's a problem because people still need paid, people still have families, profit still matters a lot. But if they start making strides toward their stated goals, profits will become much less important. You will just get what you need. You'll get what you want. There's not as many malice of feed. There's not as many employees. So what you say now, I completely agree with it. It doesn't make sense. But as strides are made in that direction, profits will become much, much less important uh, for those reasons, because you have much less people, so you can get by with much less profits. It's like, harkens back to what we were saying earlier, how people are like, getting away from like Hollywood and the industry leaders, because usually you need this big conglomerate to make a, to make a way, right? So if you're a, a crew worker or a set writer or a stagehand or something like that, you would need to work for some of these big Hollywood studios to carve out a living because, you know, they'll get all the money, they'll consolidate it, and then they'll give you your pay. But now, like, especially with the writer strike going on, more people are, are getting away from that. They're like, well, hey, I have an idea. Hey, I know how to build sets on my own. I'm going to start building my own set, uh, my own company building sets, and I can do this cheaper, and I don't have the overhead, so I can actually carve out the same or better future for my family than if I worked for these conglomerates. So the more and more things become decentralized, you need less and less profits because you have less and less overhead. In, in this case, the overhead is humanity. So the less and less of that you have, the less and less profit you need. Uh, but love, uh, what's up? Or CEO, you're first. What's up, CEO? Um, yeah, so I'm just wondering if we can maybe acknowledge there's a third alternative here, which is Nate. I think certainly there are people who have the ambition that you're talking about, but I don't think it's nearly at the scale or the level of coordination that you're suggesting it is. Would you be open to considering that as a possibility? I mean, in the interest of agreement, sure, um, if you'll concede to the the things I'm citing are like the World Economic Forum. So, I mean, it has world leaders at this giant convention where, these having, where they're having these talks. So if you'll note that and consider that this specifically is talking about the leading nations of the world, um, then sure. Yeah, maybe I there's mean, not as, the coordination. Someone... Maybe there's not the coordination we're talking about if we acknowledge that it's specifically a coordination of all the leading countries on the planet. Then sure, well, I acknowledge that. that. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the the only issue of that, and and I'm saying this as someone who's done a lot in the politics arena, is the number one thing leaders care about the most is power, and to suggest that we're going to lead in a way, except for in certain countries, you could make a case for China, right? They, they have more flexibility there. But to make a case that in general, many of the world leaders that get voted in and out are going to structure the policies in a way that don't serve them in terms of their wanting to retain power, is saying that they're operating against their own best interests. So I'm, I'm just wondering why you why you think they would operate against their own best interest. Because exactly what Piper said earlier, and, and what uh, I'll just use my same response for that. Because if it seems like their own best interest that they're operating against, perhaps, it, perhaps things will change, right? So if dynamics change 
and their own best interest for some would be profits. If a dynamic changes somewhere and profits are now not the most important thing, maybe it's power without profits. Maybe it's power for different reasons. Maybe it's some other sort of structure. So if it seems, if it truly is operating against their self best interest, what, well, well, okay. So first of all, um, let me get spiritual for a minute. So this would be the time to be conspiracy theorists. But so, I mean, I, I think a lot of this, there is a heaven, there is a hell, there is a good and there is a bad. So I, I think a lot of times people will do things that's, that legit do go against their own self-interest because they are they're just influenced by like, you know, great evil or spiritual malevolent forces. And they may not even know why they're going against their own self-interest. So I think there's that that I do somewhere believe. How it applies in this situation, I don't know. But, you know, if, if these people believe in some sort of spiritual power or they're being influenced one way or another um, i think that could be your answer if someone legitimately is going against their own um, agenda or interest because they are reckless and if they see like i don't know people calling them on it or or stepping out of line too much and they become more erratic it's like you know when criminals uh you know when criminals get stopped for like i don't know a suspended license or a small amount of drugs and they know that the end result is they're going to get a ticket or they may go to jail for a night and have to get bailed out um, then why do they end up leading most more often than not, they'll lead cops in high speed car chases that, you know, get all kinds of other charges against them. And it's totally going against their own self-interest. So if you're at a politically elite, you know, wealthy level, that doesn't exclude you from human behavior behavior. So I, I would cite that for the first answer. Um, so that, that could be totally why people legitimately go against their own self-interest. They're like, crap. Put to put the pedal to the floor. Let's ramp this thing up. Um, but if they're not going against their own self-interest, uh, it's because the interest could change. So if you think this is going to hurt their profits, this is going to hurt the bottom line, this is going to hurt this, maybe that's not their focus. Maybe that's not what they really care about. Can I ask a separate question that changes the topic a little bit? I don't know if you want to keep talking about um, this, Nate. No, I, I don't. I only have a little bit of time. I, I wanted to. We'll come right to you, Caleb. I, I wanted to see what Love had to say. That's fine. You can. We can finish this up. That's fine. Uh, what's <sighs> up, Love? Well, maybe they have a different topic. Yeah, man. And so my thing is, why don't you believe that Jesus Christ is walking this earth? If that's what he said. How's that for a topic change, Caleb? <laughs> Not exactly what I had in mind, uh, but okay. Thought he was okay. In, uh, I thought he was in heaven. Yeah, he's, yeah. He, when he. When he uh, when he ascended to the father of course he was at the right hand which gave him all authority which is even to be everywhere that his father is so everywhere that the holy spirit is jesus is as well so i don't get why people don't believe that jesus christ is walking this earth if they believe in the holy spirit what do you mean walking? because we're talking about his we're talking about his glorified resurrected body is sitting at the right hand of the father yeah, the so glory, that doesn't mean glory. god is limited or god is not omnipresent yeah we if you want to say you know, Jesus is with us in that sense because of the Holy Spirit. Sure. But if you want to say his his like glorified, resurrected body is walking around, so, no, so the Bible speaks to be sitting at the right hand of the Father. So Luke, so Luke three and twenty two in the scriptures, right? Um and I and I want your help, Nate, because maybe I'm I misread it, but I read it so many times and I keep doing it. I'll read it one more time. Um Luke three and twenty two. It says this, and um I'll tell you what I get from this. It says, uh and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came down from heaven, which said, thou art my beloved son and thee I am well pleased. Now, in this scripture, it sounds to me and it looks to me that 
a glorified body descended from heaven called the Holy Ghost. And God said, thou art my beloved son who I am well pleased. Um, and so the, the Holy Ghost um, would be that glorified body that Jesus himself descended into heaven with. Because if that's if it's not the case, when we read the scriptures in John 3 and 13, it we will it will be like a contradiction where it says that um and no man hath ascended up to heaven but he that came down from heaven even the son of man which is in heaven speaking about the only begotten son that just got sent down in luke 3 and 22 um in his glorified body so i'm i'm, I'm confused on why that glorified body wouldn't be the same body that went into heaven if the scriptures say that because when he's talking about sent down he's not talking about that he's talking about before like the incarnation like when jesus you know the angel showed up and said the holy spirit's gonna you know conceive a child uh you know with mary that and when it talks about is isaiah which says god you know uh, body was prepared that means the body of jesus so sent down that's what that's talking about the the conception of jesus not the other one and whenever it says the body uh, you know the holy spirit descended like a dove by the way great scripture for the trinity you have the father calling out from heaven you have the holy spirit like a dove descending on jesus and you have Jesus, the physical body. But after Jesus was resurrected, that's when he says, don't touch me. I haven't ascended to my father yet. And, you know, he's he's transformed. He's like, uh, he has his resurrected, glorified body. And then you see him ascended. Yeah, so no, he says so in Revelation, he says, he's sitting down at the right hand of the father. And whenever, you know, it's time, that the next time Jesus is going to be uh, where people can see him, it's going to be as described in Revelation. Right. So so are you saying when Jesus said that I will be with you always, even into the end of the world, um, Matthew 28, um, he's not saying that he's going to be with us always. And when his hope, when his when and, and this is my confusion, because um, in John 316, where it says God um, gave his only begotten son um, and the only begotten son, from my understanding, like I said, Luke 3 and 22 talks about God actually calling out to his son. That he was sending down from heaven. God sent down the Holy Spirit, which was his son. So I'm not understanding. And he sent it upon Jesus Christ, who became one with that spirit. So I'm I'm just confused on if the scriptures say that Jesus Christ will be with us always, um, even into the end of the world. How is he not with us? Um, was Jesus lying when he said that to his disciples? No. Like, I mean, thanks for these questions. These are the easiest ones to address. It's just whether or not you'll, you know, you'll listen to it. Like the Bible talks about everything you're talking about. I mean, I, I had a phone call I had to decline, but I still know exactly what you're talking about. So Jesus says, he'll be with you always, to even to the end of the age. And so that's not wrong. And then he also is ascended to heaven and sitting at the right hand of the Father. So when Jesus says he's with you, he says, I have to go, but I'm going to send another. I'm going to send a comforter talking about the Holy Spirit. So all things are true. And the Bible says all you got to do is keep reading. Read through Acts and read through, uh, read through the epistles of Paul, and it answers this. So... Wait, so, that, so I'm not wrong when I say the Holy Spirit? You are wrong. And I'm, I'm no, trying to get so, so the Holy Spirit so, and Jesus Christ hey, don't have hey, a same name. Hey, hang on. Is I'm, that what you're saying? They're different persons. I'm just, I'm just going to answer the question. No, I'm now. saying they don't have so, the same name is what you're saying? They do not have the same names because they are different so They come in separate names than the Father. I mean, so the, so the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost all have different names is what you're telling me. Hold on. You're confusing yourself and everyone else. I'm no, I'm not confusing nobody. You, you the one just said it. Okay, hang on. Let me help you out. I'll put you down there real quick. I am determined to answer the question you asked. Listen. So, you have all things being true. 
Jesus is in heaven. He has a glorified body sitting at the right hand of the Father. Jesus also is with us always, even to the end of the age. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. He says, if I leave, I'll send you a comforter. These are three things that apparently are very confusing for you. The way we reconcile this is just by reading the scripture. It says, if we have died to our sin and we are alive in Christ, Paul says, it's not I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So Christ's physical glorified body does not live in you. He's not bursting out of your skin, but he still lives in you, like lives inside your heart. Jesus says, seek me and you find me. If you open the door to your heart, the Father and I will come and make our home with you in your heart and have fellowship with you. So that is the sense how Jesus is not physically walking the earth, yet he is also with us always. It's not us who live, it's Christ who lives in us. We've died with Christ and we've been raised back to life in him. That is the answer. So I don't know what else to tell you. It's in the Bible. No interpretation is required, but some reading is. So it's specifically, you've got the verses, the John 3, you've got all those verses. And then the answer to your question is the epistles of Paul. I forget which one, if it's if it's Philippians or Corinthians, I forget which epistle, but I mean, they're not long books. So read the epistles of Paul. Your answers are in there. Anyways, Caleb, real quick, uh, before I have to go, what was your topic change? Oh, well, it was kind of on the thing, thing about, you know, uh, potential apocalypse and stuff like that, that you were sort of implying with the elitism, um, global elitism. But like my question was, do you think that if, like, let's say you could time travel a thousand years in the future and Christianity was basically obsolete, either non-existent or very, very, you know, minor, wasn't very popular, and the world was mostly destroyed by like climate change or industrialism or something, would that hamper your faith or be something that would seem to be in, in contrast to what you'd expect? Like if Jesus hadn't come back yet and oh, Christianity was not influential. I, I'm sorry. Can I, can I ask you to say that again? I was, I was reading chat and apparently I'm, yeah. I'm I am causing Malk to have an absolute meltdown. Apparently I am anger. making him angry. Uh, angry. <laughs> I am making him angry because he is not in control of his emotions. So um, I buddy, I'm yeah. not responsible. Only you can make yourself angry. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I, I missed that. Can you can you start over? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of a question about like what expectations would we have under Christianity? So I said if you could time travel a thousand years in the future, and we saw a world where let's say humanity was mostly wiped out, or Christianity was mostly obsolete, either didn't exist or it was very you know minor, um, and maybe the world was destroyed through mostly through war, climate change, or whatever. Like would that and Jesus hadn't come back yet, would that hamper your faith in terms of, you know, would we expect Christianity to still be a world power and to have all this influence and the fact that it's mostly obsolete now in this hypothetical future and that humanity has been significantly reduced in population and Jesus hasn't come back? Like, would all of that serve as evidence against Christianity if, if we get to that point, or would you still maintain that uh, that wouldn't really hamper your faith if that were the case? Wow, that's an interesting question. I'd, I'd say my my first thought would be um, the only thing that would probably ultimately make me lose my faith would be if I time travel to a spot where someone is like, um, you know, God has definitively been proven or another God besides Christianity has definitively been proven to exist. Um, something that, you know, was quote proven. Um, then I would want to spend a very large amount of time looking into that and seeing if I think it's just all bull, or if I, you know, really am convinced based on the evidence they will prevent, present me with that this God truly has been disproven. Um, so, so that would probably be the only thing that ultimately shake my faith because 
I would then say, well, what if we jump even farther into the future? Or what if even farther in the future doesn't exist yet? Because this this part, the scenario you're giving, where it looks like um, all is bleak and it could cause uh, shaking of faith for Christians. Uh, what if this is just like the Middle Ages or the Dark Ages and a renaissance is going to happen in 2000 years and human life will flourish and Christianity is the main religion because uh, everyone you know, is convinced that that is right. Um, so I would say just just going to a, a pivotal time, like if people went back to the Dark Ages right now, um, maybe they would think exactly what you're saying. So your your thing is going future. But if if people, um, you know, from the time of Christ jump to the Middle Ages, they may think, oh, my gosh, this can't be right. Christianity has to be false. But then there was a renaissance. And then, you know, Christians built cathedrals, art, hospitals, medicine. And a lot of people became convinced that Christianity was true. So that's that's what I would say. So there's always an ebb and flow. So even if you can't jump, if there's a limit and that limit is, uh, you know, Christianity seems doomed. Um, if time is still going on, there could always be a renaissance. So the only thing that would really probably shake my faith is if there was claims that God has absolutely the Christian God has absolutely been disproven. And I'm convinced by the evidence they show me. I think that's a fair analogy, although I, 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 the Middle Ages was mostly proliferated with Christian power, at least in Europe. So I'm not sure why that would be like hurt someone's faith in terms of, you know, given that bishops and stuff were the main ones in power and Christianity was prominent. I don't know why that would <clears throat> Christianity in the, in the Dark Ages was more power, was certainly more influential than it was in the first couple hundred years. Well, okay, maybe that's a bad example. I, I know people call it the Dark Ages thinking it's bad, but I mean, that's really kind of a pejorative term wrong, from so. the Enlightenment where it's like, oh, they were all dumb, and it was just really not historically accurate. But I, I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, so maybe that's a bad example. But I mean, you know, it's really because there's just not a lot of data that comes out of that time. So there's just not a whole lot of history about that. But I mean, predominantly, it, like, it's, it's negative because, like, that's when, you know, uh, Rome collapsed and, like, the whole empire fell. And because of that, it caused, like, lots of other, you know, places around Europe to fall. Um, so I mean, that, that's why t people typically think it wasn't great. Um, but I don't know any other time. I mean, you could go all the way back to the time of Christ, right? Like if, if, if that would probably be the best example, forget the Middle Ages, um, when Christians, you know, Christ was gone, he had been ascended. And the first century church, if there was a time to make someone question their faith, that would be it. Like the generation right after Jesus ascended. So they didn't have, or maybe right after the apostles were like, you know, they didn't have the benefit of seeing miracles happen right in front of their face. They didn't see Jesus. Um, they didn't see the miracles. Um, and they were being hardcore persecuted. They were struggling. They were only in one small area of the world. And they were being like tortured to death, fed by lions. Like that would be the time someone should probably question their faith. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe closer to the source rather than farther away. But uh, yeah, anyway. So th there's yeah, a lot of stuff that... Yeah, no, no, that's a good way. answer. Um, I guess my other like, but I also wonder the inverse of that. Like, do you think, and this might just be interpretive, when Jesus is talking about the, uh, his return, like, do we expect the world to get worse, and that's when it's going to happen, or like, like, because the world statistically is generally getting better in terms of you know people in poverty and and disease defeat and all that stuff, a disease disease eradication. Like, if we if we moved in the future and the world was like extremely good and there were like less wars and all that stuff. Would that would that be the environment we would expect Jesus to come back in, or does it need to be like, oh, there'll be famines and earthquakes, and that you know there'll be a tribulation, then I come back? Like, I guess, or or could he come back in this really like almost utopian world as well? I mean, or do we just not know? Because that's that's something I thought about as too, in terms of does the world getting better kind of negate this idea that there's going to be a, an apocalypse and all that stuff. I mean, you know, that's not a horrible point. I mean, you know, the Bible talks about in the last days there'll be a great apostasy. 
So I think the better, you know, the better things are the less people consider God, the less people consider their mortality. They're just like, yeah, someday I'll die. But, you know, that's 50 years from now at least. Or, you know, like I have a I have a lot of time to figure out this religion thing. Um, so it's not at the forefront. So I think the versus when you, you're sick, things are going bad. You could die at any moment. You think, OK, is there really something after I could die at any moment? A bomb could fall on my head. I really need to figure this out. And you're a little more diligent about it. So that's that's actually a good point. I mean, I think per revelation, like when Jesus actually comes back, it will be the tribulation. There will, you know, things will really, really be a crap show. Uh, but right up until that point, that could, I mean, for all we know, that could be what causes the great apostasy. Um, I mean, as if there's not already a pretty great apostasy. But if things continue to get better and better and better, and people are like, see, you don't need a religion. You don't need a God. It's fine. Like, you know, wait like 10 more years and we're going to, you know, merge with the singularity and, you know, we could be our own gods. By the way, another thing the World Economic Forum, you know, you've all know Harari is saying, it's not out of context. People ask, they're like, what do you say about people who take you out of context? Of this? He's like, no, that's what I think. <laughs> I'm like, anyway, so then maybe they're just like, you know, hang around, merge with the singularity. You'll be your own God and, you know, you'll just live forever on this planet. Um, you know, not counting in like a couple billion years, the sun's going to dwarf us uh, and, and kill us all anyway. But um, maybe they think we'll be on other planets by then. Maybe we'll be on Mars. So I think that's a good point. It very well could be that things get so good and world suffering gets very, very minimal. That causes people to not rely on God or not consider God, causes the great apostasy. And then that could be what ushers in the end of days. If you if you knew that to be the case, would you go out of your way to try to advocate for policies to prevent that? Or would you still want the world to become better overall, even if it led to more secularism? <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to try to advocate for things to be worse. And okay. you know, that's just one theory. So like no matter no matter what we think, and it's like, you know, like atheists who will say, um, well, you know, if Christians believe that babies are going to go to heaven anyways, why don't you just advocate for pro pro choice and, you know, kill all the babies and let them all go to heaven? It's like, well, in theory, you know, it sounds like more people would go to heaven. But in reality, we could be wrong. Like the Bible is, you know, not super clear on that. So, you know, and the chance that we're wrong, uh, we don't want to be like, oh, well, look, all these babies are going to heaven. And uh, if that somehow isn't the case, well, yeah, I don't want to advocate for something I could be wrong about. So, no, let's just do the, you know, we're called, by the way, like in Genesis, we're called to be good stewards of this creation. So, you know, contrary to popular opinion, no, Christians, you'll find some, probably the people that were invoked earlier in this room, that just want the world to burn. But generally speaking, if they're following their Bible, we have a call to be good stewards and take care of what God has given us, because we don't know how long it's going to go. We don't know how many more generations there's going to be of people before there's a new heaven and a new earth. So does that mean I want my my descendants to suffer because I've made the world a crappier place? Uh, of course not. So anyways, no, we, we should always do the best we can and make this world as good as we can, even though we think ultimately, yes, there's going to be a much, much better place for us eternally. That does not absolve us of responsibility or just good human decency that says, I want me and my family and my descendants and the other thousands of generations that could happen before uh, you know, the new heaven and new earth to live in a better world. Nate. What's up? You talk too much, Wallah. I talk too much? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I was going to say I'm not forcing you to be here, but let me try another way. <laughs> You're right, and you can't leave. I force you to be here. Why would I leave? I, I like your company. Oh, well, thank you. I think I like yours too. What's up?
Did you have you anything to say? You Sober? You just say you talk yeah, I'm, just, I'm just messing with you, Nate. I don't think he talks too much. <laughs> well, that seems to be the consensus today. So I guess you're not in the consensus. <laughs> I'm watching this really uh, fun video of some guy proposing to Victoria on Tom's channel. Did you watch Did you watch that video, Nate? Oh, no. Is it? Um... Is it the guy that's been like stalking Victoria, like asking her to be his girlfriend? It's some some guy with like a blue cross as his PFP. What? On Tom 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 M? Or I posted the link in the chat. Huh. Anyways, before I run, um, do you have anything on your mind or anything to say or any quick question? All right, Michael, you get the last word of the day. I don't think you have said one word, have you? I think the only thing I said was just call CEO up as he's trying to talk. No, oh, yeah. work ha work has been an incredible impediment to my social life today, sadly. I've been mostly I've been mostly just listening and only really partially listening to most of the chat, but you know, it, it was so the, the one thing I will say is I had a really good uh, I had a good and productive chat with Matt Slick last night. Oh. Uh yeah, it's probably about 30 35 minutes long. It was good. Um and uh <laughs> and uh, our friend Bob, uh, who's in the oh. audience, yeah, Bob, um, Matt's not a huge fan of Bob either. So I just wanted to let you know that you're in good company there. Um, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. Well, awesome. <laughs> All right, everyone. I'm. Uh, I've been told my neighbors are having a pool party, and I need to get there. So, um, well. Have fun, enjoy your day, and we'll see you uh, maybe tomorrow. Cheers. See you guys.